2: Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to The Clone Wars Strikes Back. This is the podcast where we celebrate the, well, now and especially this week, 10-year history and legacy of Star Wars The Clone Wars. 10 years ago this week, the Clone Wars movie hit theaters for the first time, and we will be celebrating that here on The Clone Wars Strikes Back podcast by recording an audio commentary for the movie so you can watch along with us as we relive an, an, an interesting chapter in Star Wars history. Uh, one that was not without its, its controversy uh, for various reasons and, and one that, I don't know, we're going to see how, how well it holds up. Ten years later, and uh, not just ten years later, but well over a hundred episodes of the Clone Wars animated series later, we're going to see how the, this movie holds up. So we invite you to watch along with us. We'll give you some instructions for how to do that in just a moment. Uh, if you don't want to watch along with us, that's fine too. We're going to just have a have a conversation about the Clone Wars, and, and hopefully you can uh, you, you can listen along without having the uh, the visual aid there uh, as well. So let's jump right into things with uh, introductions in case you're new to the show or you've forgotten who we are. That can happen. My name is Dominic and joining me, as he always does, is my good friend and co-host all the way from the UK. It's Mr. Kieran Duggan.
1: Yes. Hello, everybody. Welcome back for the second show in less than a month. Yeah. Since we said that we've had our, our, our grand return, people will be out of their seats at the at the prospect now of of, of having a, a regular slot back with the Clone War Strikes Back, and yes, yeah, it's, it's exciting. We, it's it's a different episode that we got planned ahead, but it, it was certainly Dominic's idea, and I think it's a great idea, really, to to go back to where it all started, particularly in light of the Comic Con panel mm-hmm. that took place last month, which the whole panel itself was about going back and looking at the ten year history of the Clone Wars. So good, good. Plan to go right to the source of that at the start with the Clone Wars movie.
2: Yeah, yeah, it should be it should be fun. It'll be interesting to to revisit it and and see, like I said, how it holds up. Um, especially when, I mean, let's let's be honest it it didn't get the best reviews when it came out, and uh, rightfully or wrongly, depending on on how you view it, and and it's certainly. It it doesn't. I I won't say there are there are certain places where I feel like it's very much on in line with what the Clone Wars became, and then there's other places where it's sort of like they you can really tell they were still figuring things out. They weren't quite sure what the Clone Wars would become, and and you know you almost wonder if if these episodes had just aired on TV like they were originally supposed to, or if something else had had been the the movie, even the Malevolence trilogy. Um, who knows? But but certainly it goes without saying that. You know, we we both have a have a soft spot for this film. Where we both uh, we both love love it for what it it represents in the Clone Wars, and that's a, a great beginning to a journey that went on, like I said, for over a hundred episodes, and and will continue in uh in the not too distant future. So, uh, like I said, we're going to do a, a commentary for the tenth anniversary. We're going to talk. Talk over the movie, so if you want to watch along with us and again if you if you don't if you don't want to watch along or you don't have the time to do that, uh, hopefully you can just enjoy the conversation uh, without having the movie playing in the background if you do want to watch along what you got to do is make sure you grab your legally purchased dvd blu-ray digital download or uh if you're in one of the countries that has netflix on uh, or uh, the clone wars on netflix fire up netflix on uh on your device and uh, you want to go if you're watching on on dvd or blu-ray go to the menu go to scenes select the first scene it's called opening logo select that uh, when it starts to play, hit pause right away. If you want to back it up a little bit so that the, the little counter is at zero or one second, you know, right at the beginning. Uh, if you're watching digitally, obviously just. You know, hit pause right away. Make sure the little counter's at zero or one second. And same thing on Netflix. Hit play right away and bring it to zero. And uh, then uh, you'll be able to watch along with us. So uh, while you're getting set up, while you're preparing to watch the movie along with us, I wanted to tell you about something really cool. Uh, We're very excited about this. After uh, 47 episodes and five years, (laughs) we finally have our own website dedicated to the Clone Wars Strikes Back. We just went live with the website before we recorded this. So uh, by the time you hear it, you should be able to go and check it out. Uh, it's it's called, it's a, the, the address is tcwstrikesback.com, tcw, like the Clone Wars Strikes back-dot-com. Uh We've got all the old episodes up there. So everything from, Our August episode where we talked about the show coming back all the way to when we first discussed the Clone Wars movie back uh, in October of 2013. That's it's been a long time. We've been doing this show. <laughs> this show existed for a, a long time. Uh, so you can find you find that at TCWstrikesback.com. Uh we've also got a contact us form on the website if you want to send us an email or something. You can use that. Um, and then if you if you you may if you've been a longtime listener, you may remember that we also do a Game of Thrones podcast when that show is on. It's called The Watchers of Westeros, and you can find all of our back episodes there as well. Again, just tcwstrikesback.com. It's kind of like a,
0: a a homepage
2: for all of our, our podcasting efforts together. And, uh, and yeah, and, and hopefully um, also uh, within a, by the time the the next episode comes out for our, our September episode, uh, we'll also have a new dedicated uh, iTunes feed to, for uh, the Clone War Strikes Back. So if you want to go back and, and download those uh, old episodes on iTunes, listen to them. Uh, you know, some of them are, some of them are really good. Some of them are, you know, we were still learning how to podcast. So <laughs> there's some, some technical issues in some of them. Uh, but if you want to go back and hear that still technical
1: issues these days, yes. Yeah. There. Yeah.
2: <laughs> we, we had a few technical issues tonight. Yeah. Um, already. Um, but if you want to go back and, and you want to be able to have easy access to those old episodes, that should be uh you should be able to get at those get get at, get those from iTunes uh, or Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called now. Um, in uh, in the not too distant future, so yeah, so we're we're pretty excited about that. Again, tcwstrikesback.com. You can find all of the old episodes, uh, contact information for us, and our Game of Thrones podcast. So check it out. And uh, I think now we should get on with the movie. So, Kieran, I'm going to throw it to you to do a little countdown, a little three, two, one play action. And uh, everybody hit play on play and we'll watch the Clone Wars movie.
1: It's a lot, there's a lot of responsibility here, I feel like uh let's let's just hope this all goes down fine because otherwise it's all going to be blamed a british dude which is what most people do anyway yeah, that, um. that's how we
2: usually <laughs> that's how we usually roll here
1: <laughs> yeah exactly it's easy i'm a scapegoat essentially aren't i but no right and we're ready to go in three two one play
2: Here we go. The Clone Wars movie. Yeah, it's it's funny to think back to when this uh, this this comes out because it, it this came out because it was such a weird time. Was, we got the Warner Brothers logo of all things to kick off the movie, which, you know, we, there was so much to do before Force Awakens coming out about what's how's the movie going to start? What are we going to get? It's going to be so weird yeah. and
1: different. But there's no 20th century Fox <laughs> and subsequently since, haven't we, with yeah. the sort of. Rogue One opening that was quite controversial, and then the solo opening it was a bit different, yeah, um people didn't really make a big fuss. I don't think about Warner Brothers, whoever that's because of the reception of the film as a whole that you know there well, was yeah. and, <laughs> there were so many other gripes of it that they didn't really care, but i, I don't know. I'd like it, to think not
2: It's also an animated movie, I think that plays into it as well, where people are a little bit more accepting of something you know when when all of it looks so different, I think people are a little bit more accepting of how uh how it plays how it uh, of, of these sort of like small minor um really pedantic differences that you get whereas with the live action films there's this sort of like weird nostalgia for just like oh it has to be exactly how i remember it which has led to some of the uh i think some of the reactions that those movies occasionally get um now i still maintain that star wars movies should start with a crawl but this is sort of the exception that makes the rule is is this one with the the narration because it was such a um because because it, it was that was what the show did that's you know it was a different and it also was animated so it was different it all felt different so having such a weird intro you know everything looks kind of weird. And especially if you think back to 2008, we're coming off three years ago. We just saw Revenge of the Sith, where we saw all of these characters as actors, as humans, um, not as cartoons that, that uh, <laughs> you know, not as these old, not as animated uh, pixels. Um, but what was your reaction, actually, when you first heard the narration in the theater? Like, how did you respond to such a different opening?
1: It's hard to say, really, because... I guess you have to go in there with the expectations that it's, it's, it's not a star Wars film. Mm-hmm. I think I was still like, what I mean by that is the live action film. Yeah. Uh, at the cinema, you'd had the star Wars clone wars, uh, animated show back in 2003. Mm-hmm. And so this was, I, I wasn't really sure going into it, what I was going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. I think when I first went in, I thought this was simply a film that was going to bridge episode two to episode Same three. Same
0: yeah. yeah. So
1: I, I didn't think that, I, yeah, I thought everything that's unfolding here is going to lead up to the uh, Battle of Coruscant.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so when it didn't, it was a bit of a shock. So oh, yeah. yeah, going into it, I guess I was thinking, oh, so how is this all going to fit in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: that um, was that was, the,
1: that, was the, that was my thinking. So, but it seems like you're along similar lines as well. Yeah, with I you could thinking.
2: Yeah, I was very confused the first time I saw this movie, and it ended, and it didn't like it didn't answer any of the questions, like what happened to Ahsoka, what happened to Rex, why isn't this leading directly into? Um, the uh, the Revenge of the Sith. And I th- I actually remember saying afterwards, because I went and saw this with my, my younger brother, and afterwards when our mom picked us up and she asked us what we thought of the movie, I'm like, there has to be a sequel. There is, They have to make a sequel. Little did I know they would make a hundred some odd episodes worth of a sequel. Uh, but do you remember going to see this for the first time, what it, what the experience was like?
1: Yeah, I do. I, I was sorry, 13 at the time. Uh-huh. And... Uh, it's a bit odd because I, I, at that time I was still going to the Childminders uh, in, in a sense. So, well, that's probably not strictly true. I think I'd befriended the uh, sort of uh, sons and, and daughters of the Childminder because they were a little bit older than me. So I actually went with the son of my Childminder, a guy called Paul Ched, who was probably in his late 20s then. And it was his suggestion about going to watch the movie with him mm. uh, for an afternoon. So we went to a local cinema and, and watched it there, really. So it was more his suggestion in a way, but I had heard little bits about it, but clearly not, not that much. Uh, it was a Star Wars film, and we both liked Star Wars, so I was just interested to see what was going to happen here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sort of heard that there were going to be the actors from the films, some of the actors would be voicing the characters. So that gave it, in my mind, a little bit more legitimacy. Than had it not i don't know why it should or it shouldn't have done but i, ju- I if you hear that samuel l jackson and christopher lee are going to be in here a bit like, oh wow this is you yeah. know, this must be more than just an animated movie oh, oh but what sure. about yourself can, can you remember when you first watched it
0: yeah
2: yeah I, like i said I, I went with my brother we didn't go like opening weekend or anything like that it was it was at a time when i wasn't really i was i was Trying to deny what was inside me, which was my deep, passionate love for Star Wars, such <laughs> yes. a, a stupid thing to say. Um, and I, I, like, I, I just, I was sort of after Revenge of the Sith, and when I thought Star Wars was over, I was like, well, you know, it's time to time to move on, time to get into other things, and so I completely missed all of the build up to this, all of the build up to this release, all of the promotion. And just kind of out of nowhere, I'm not even sure how I, how I heard about it, um, but it, I, I heard eventually heard about it. And, and um, I think I went to StarWars.com and I watched the trailer beforehand. And I mentioned this on uh, the Star Wars Underworld podcast this week. I remember watching the trailer and thinking Ahsoka would shock tea the whole time. <laughs> I thought I was thinking, oh, this is really cool that they're going to expand on these Jedi council members and we're going to get to see them in action. And then um, I go and see the movie and they introduce Ahsoka and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And then afterwards, after it still didn't click for me until like significantly after the movie. ended. <laughs> that, because I, and then I was sort of, I remember sort of walking out of the theater going, that was good. That was, that was cool. Uh, I like Ahsoka. That's a good character. I actually did like Ahsoka from the beginning. Um... But I remember sort of going, why, why wasn't Shock T in it? I thought Shock T
0: was going to be in it
2: more. <laughs> it took me a, a far longer than it should have to for that to click, and uh, it took what three seasons to get some some Shock T action when she showed up in Camino. Cam- so when when she showed up, I was like, all right, finally <laughs> been waiting been waiting three years for this, uh, or two two three years for this. Um, but yeah, it, it, I I do remember going and see it. I I liked it. I I didn't. Um, I didn't dislike I didn't dislike the movie. I, I do I did sort of remember sort of thinking like wow, of the only actors you could get back were Samuel L Jackson and, and uh, Christopher Lee. Like that sort of that was one of those things where I was like how you know, what is this going to be and and you know when you're just thinking about it as a movie not as a as a TV show, you're like, well why don't they just why didn't they get Ewan and Hayden to come back and do these voices? But now it all makes sense. Um so here we have, we just we just saw the Battle of Christophsis, and now we have the introduction of Ahsoka. I really want to, before we talk too much about Ahsoka and her introduction, I do want to quickly mention, like, that that Battle of Christophsis, like, that's something we didn't see a ton more of on the show, which was just sort of, like, armies marching through the city. Like, there's, we, we would see that occasionally, like, in Umbara or Geonosis or that sort of thing, but really, they, that kind of... We, we didn't, we frequently didn't see action on that scale and we didn't usually get that kind of like sweeping shots the way we did it. The the show got much more grounded, much more focused on the individual heroes. Now, obviously it's pretty focused in, in this, in this on, on those main heroes, but as the series went on and and to its betterment, I would, I would argue um, you know, the show became less about just sort of showing armies marching at each other and more about the the characters involved. And, you know, you think about Umbara, which had some pretty dramatic action sequences that blew you away visually. But at the same time, you're really what really keeps you going is you want to know what's going on with Rex and Fives and and the rest of the 501st. Um, but let's let's talk about Ahsoka. What was your reaction? Do you remember what your reaction was when you heard, hey, Anakin's got a Padawan?
1: Yeah, so my impression of Ahsoka was at the time I didn't really have any significant uh, dislike towards the character Mm -hmm. or really likability towards the character either because uh, I I feel like I would have remembered if I thought to myself, oh, what is this person doing here? Why is Ahsoka on my screen? and to be honest, I thought she was going to die at the end of the film because, yeah. as I said at the start, I was convinced this was going to be leading up to *Revenge of the Sith*. So I thought, so how are they going to get rid of her? And then when she didn't, it was a bit like, oh, okay. Yeah. Don't know what happens now.
2: This is this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is why I was going. There has to be a sequel. There has to be more because they have to kill Ahsoka. Which here we are, ten years later, still hasn't happened. Still. <laughs> They still haven't gotten to that. We don't know what happens to her. But yeah, I, I kind of had a say, I got to say, I had sort of a similar reaction where I was, you know, when they introduced this idea of Ahsoka and just, just the idea of Anakin having a Padawan, I didn't know how to react, how to, like, I didn't know what to think of it because it was just sort of um one of those things that, like, I never really considered, but I also, you know, it. I don't think it's necessarily a a bad I didn't think it was a bad idea to introduce this character I think you know even at that time when I wasn't really thinking about uh, Star Wars all that critically um, I I thought it was sort of a good idea to introduce a new character who they could um, kill off because that would create sort of a sense of danger throughout the show where we know the ending we know how the series winds Mm. up you know we've we've seen Revenge of the Sith we've done a commentary for that (laughs) you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, well, it's interesting to, to to sort of think how the fans were supposed to react to her. Looking back at it now, and I'm just seeing that, that there's a little moment there where um, Ahsoka's now going off with Anakin on mm-hmm. this mission, uh, on Christosis, and he's a bit like, oh, fine, you know, come on then. I, I almost wonder whether Anakin's supposed to represent the fans watching in a way, which is, who is this character? Just go away. I don't know whether that... Obviously, they were trying to get people warmed up to her, the writers, but I feel like how Anakin reacted is how the fans reacted <laughs> at the start. And I think it took a lot of time for that warming to take place, really. And it's odd, because actually, as the series progresses, I feel like the fans follow the same trajectory as Anakin in their attitude and with Ahsoka, really, which is that it improves a lot up to the point when... You know, Anakin's upset when she leaves Uh the Jedi Temple. So are all the fans. Yeah. So I find that in itself, looking from the outside or looking back in hindsight, quite interesting. Do you see where I'm coming from? uh, Yeah, absolutely. And I think they, they
2: definitely play with that idea, especially in this sort of first segment on Christophsis of the characters are kind of reacting the same way as the audience is supposed to react to Ahsoka. Even Rex, you know, when Anakin says said to him just a second ago, like, "Okay, you're you're taking you're taking her on you're going you guys are going to go off and and have a little uh little conversation together um he, he Rex was like um oh okay you know which was basically i think how a lot of people reacted to just sort of the the bare bones concept of Anakin having a padawan and whereas people reacted more like Anakin did to the specifics of of Ahsoka and and i wonder if Because I think I think this sort of first half hour segment, the Christoph's segment would have made a really strong pilot for the show. Like it would have made a really Mm. strong first episode, Um, but then sort of tacking it on with the the Teth stuff and the Jabba Mm. stuff, because you get this moment and, and I'll point it out when we get to it, although I'm pretty sure everybody knows what I'm talking about. At the end where Anakin and Ahsoka have this sort of like little sit down heart to heart uh, and Anakin has that great line. You never would have made it as Obi-Wan's Padawan, but you just might make it as mine. And, And I think that's a really, a really good moment. And it's a really sort of heartfelt moment. And you can tell that's sort of where the episode was supposed to end that, you know, Anakin had basically gone through the early stages of accepting this kid as his Padawan. And they were obviously still going to have tension. They, you know, they have their little cutesy nicknames and they bother each other in in a very sort of sibling esque way. But that was sort of the moment where everybody sort of agreed that we'll continue on that, that. This is a good idea. And, it would have worked really well as the ending to an episode, but it doesn't work so well as the ending to the first act of a movie. If it had happened at the um at the end of the movie, then I think it would have been a, a sort of a stronger stronger thing because then you kind of have Anakin feeling th- about Ahsoka the same way the audience feels about the uh, about Ahsoka all the way through the movie. where uh, and then at the end you get that moment of acceptance that would have carried us forward to the show. Whereas here you get that moment so early, and you know it's one thing if that had just been one chunk that aired on Cartoon Network, but it's another thing if it's a um, a, a ninety minute movie where there's still. Significant action to go where the characters have just sort of accepted it and the audience is still maybe not quite on board with it, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, I, I see, I, I completely agree because you, the, the, perhaps a minor problem in the movie is that there seemed to be so much being thrown at people that it, it was all just a bit too much, really, at that stage. Whereas now, when we've watched The Clone Wars, we actually know a bit about the backdrop of Christophsis, don't we? Because uh, we have those prequel episodes yeah, um, back in season one and season two uh, with Cat and Mouse. Yeah. Um, which actually, uh, I thought were quite strong episodes. Oh, yeah. And, and, they, and they, they do add some depth to this story. But it is just a bit... You don't get that idea of that depth when you're watching the movie. But then... I mean, if the movie Dominic had been that Christosis arc from Cat and Mouse up to the conclusion of the Battle of Christosis in the movie, w- would you be even would you been less satisfied with it? Would it have been a better movie or worse? I don't know. I I Hard don't, to say.
2: Yeah, I see.
1: Yeah, I, I as a movie, at least, is what how, how I'm measuring it.
2: Yeah, definitely. It's I I don't know if that's sort of the solution to the problem. I think because it is four episodes that are sort of tacked together and it's sort of like one standalone and then a trilogy, you kind of, you, you do kind of feel that in the pacing and they yeah. do some stuff it during the Christoph's stuff where they cut away to characters talking about the, the Jabba situation to kind of try and, Weave it bridge through, it this, yeah, yeah, to bridge it all together, uh, and and weave it through this first act. But it, it they they do kind of stand out. Like you can kind of, there's a couple of them, a couple of them where I wonder where I'm like, if this had just been an episode, would this scene have been in there? Like if if they weren't trying to tie this all together with the job of the hut thing.
1: And I mean, the one thing that does tie it together when you look back in the in, in the previous episode is the whole Ventress goes from Christophsis to. Uh, kidnap road to the hut. That's yeah. that's the big sort of connection I find with it. I know there's the Ahsoka element, but that's not really it's not really a connection, is it, at this stage? No. Because none, none of them are getting involved in that Hut stuff.
2: No. So I um, I, I think yeah. I think if there had been a way to better integrate the meet Ahsoka aspect of this story into the the Job of the Hut storyline and almost like, foregone Christophsis altogether. I don't know how they would have done that. But if they could have, because like I said, it, it's like one episode and then a trilogy, and they've kind of smushed them together and tried to do little things, little cheats to make it feel like it's all one story, when really it's it's two stories. The first story is Anakin coming to terms with having a pat- Padawan, or or these two sort of meeting and, and realizing that they can work together and then the second one is the sort of the adventurous like let's go rescue Jabba the Hutt's son and I think if they could have weaved the two of them together and, and I, su- I fully suspect if they had gone into this knowing it would have been a movie knowing that it would have been a 92 minute adventure or however long this mo- this movie is 98 minutes I think if they had known that then I think it would play together better but because they sort of went well let's put two stories together, it, it winds up feeling a little bit weird. And that moment with Anakin, where Anakin finally accepts Ahsoka, because it's so early in the movie, it, it strikes me as just sort of a weird a weird place for it. And I think that audiences, because there was still an hour left to go in the movie, were still not used to Ahsoka yet. And um and because they were still just getting used to her they 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 suddenly couldn't relate to Anakin all of a sudden just sort of being like all all about training this kid they they still needed a little bit of time and i think like i said if they had played these on cartoon network you know we would have had this and they would have had a week to sort of go okay we've had a story with her and that was the introduction story now let's see where it goes whereas this whole thing feels like the introduction story uh, if if mm. that makes sense
1: oh no definitely um, as, as I said, it's just, it seems like there's so much to really digest at the start. Uh, so much is new. Uh, the main familiar, familiarity we have is, is is our characters like Anakin and Obi Wan. But even characters like Captain Rex, you know, they're, it's a bit like where's Commander Cody's? Where I guess some people would be asking, you know, that, that, that type of question. But um, you know, I I I think as you say, if you looked at it on its own, it's a very strong start really, yeah, because th- it, it, it draws the audience in. I'm watching it. The action pieces are, are great. And you have got that um, – it holds your interest. That's yeah. what you want to do at the start. Um, I don't, I, so I, I, I do quite like it. I did quite like the start. Like you say, it's just, I think, getting into the next arc that it fails perhaps a little bit.
2: Yeah, it's it's like – imagine if
1: you – if
2: they stuck, let's see if they stuck lightsaber lost and I don't know what's an and And like the Boba Fett trilogy or something yeah. together, like they, they just sort of like took two stories that are largely unrelated, except having some of the same characters in them, or they took, uh, well, like the Aura lost. Sing
1: stuff maybe yeah, yeah or
2: they took lightsaber lost and th- and they stuck it in front of the geonosis episodes or something like that it it doesn't they the the two stories aren't really connected beyond just having the characters there there isn't one through line throughout all of the action like what happens in, what happens on Christophsis in a lot of ways it, it, other than you know introducing ahsoka is irrelevant to what happens in the rest of the movie you know, it it, yeah. it feels very disjointed, and uh, I think that may have been part of uh, part of the issue with the movie. Is it does feel very disjointed, and some of those scenes that are in there to try and connect it all, like even the the Ventress scene with, with Dooku and, and Sidious, that, that we just went past a while ago, it feels really like like it it, it almost feels sloppy. Like it, it, it's it really sort of ham-fisted as like we're just trying to remind you that this other thing is going on the whole time.
1: Yeah. Uh, like, was trying to say this is the real story here, not what, what, not what's going on on Christoph's. Yeah,
2: and and then like I laid out with the relationship thing of of you know the audience's relationship with Ahsoka is is different to Anakin's relationship after the Christoph's stuff because we as an audience we're still getting used to her. Uh, whereas Anakin's like, ah, I'm I'm in. So I, I honestly like if they had done if they had just done the the um, Jabba the Hut story, maybe it would have played better. But even then, I think the best thing for Clone Wars would have been to just debut on on Cartoon Network. And if they had done these episodes individually mm. week to week, I think people would have dug it a lot more from the beginning than they did. And, you know, look at the reaction to those first actual episodes of the show, the malevolence trilogy ambush rookies, that's where people really started getting into it. Like if we had watched this first one, you know, a new Padawan or whatever it was called. And then next week tuned in to see this, uh, this job of the hut, the beginning of this job of the hut adventure. Um, I, I, I think I would have been more, more on board with it.
1: Well, also, you, you, you know what you're getting into there. You know, you will you will Getting involved in a TV show, yeah, and this isn't just it. As I said, I think a lot of the confusion, as well, is what we've discussed, is really people not uh, an audience is not quite understanding what was going on with this movie, what exactly was its role, yeah, uh, at, at the start. And, and there's
2: such a, a higher bar of expectations yeah. for
1: a movie. You know, it's yes, so much exactly.
2: more. Your you, people are are so much have such a higher expectation for it, and you know and it's the if, first
1: film to come out since Revenge of the Sith, which yeah. again, and and is, is what people think it would be the last Star Wars film, and then it's back at theaters again. So it's 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 a big uh, it's got a, it's got a big challenge and, to and, set already by going into the movies,
2: and and even some of these lighter moments like this moment here where Obi Wan's negotiating with the the Scottish general, the Scottish <laughs> alien, like I feel like. In the context of a 22 minute episode, this plays would have played a lot better than it did as a movie. Also, I want to just quickly highlight: we just got, went past it, but one of my favorite moments in the movie is when Ahsoka <laughs> drops that wall down and crushes all the droids, and there's just like that hole there that's perfect for Anakin to fit through. <laughs> it's uh, it's such a George thing. It feels like it feels kind of Indiana Jones esque, you know? It, it does kind of have a, a little bit of that. Uh, Indiana Jones ask even 007ish just like just sort of that sort of classic uh silly action moment and I, I do I do really uh do really appreciate it um but um there was something else I wanted to get get at about uh about, about all this but I think we I think we agree if this these had aired as episodes it, they would have um they would have played they would have played better and I do love yeah. that we got to see Obi-Wan being the negotiator, <laughs> you know, I like that. I like that. They took that one line from Grievous and revenge of the Sith. And they're like, let's, let's show this. Let's actually show why he was thought of this way.
1: Okay. And the other thing that I love about something like this episode is that in classic form, I don't It just makes me laugh, but the shield generator goes down. All the reinforcements come in. There they all are. Yeah. all been hiding away. <laughs> where were you five minutes ago? That's what they're probably thinking. Where were you? Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, it's, uh, yeah, I, I like it. Like we both said, we're coming up to the heartfelt moment now, yeah. aren't we? Which is what would have been the end of the, of the first episode. Um, And
2: like, just just think, just think if this this scene here were like the last scene in the movie, like that's such a it's such a moment for these two who have been bickering and not not sure if they if they know how to interact, if they can interact on a regular basis. And you get this beautiful moment where Anakin says, you know, you're reckless, little one. You never would have made it as Obi-Wan's Padawan, but you just might make it as mine. And then he says, "Come on!" And they head off, and they get in the gunship. There's a little bit of a uh, little bit of uh, respect between Ahsoka and Rex. They have this moment where they're kind of smiling at each other, and it, it all just kind of if this feels, feels like, like to the end. <laughs> Yeah, this feels like the denouement of the story. And here we go. We meet up with Obi Wan and Master Yoda. Um, and I I I love I love this idea that Obi Wan and Yoda got together and were like. What if we tricked, you know, we're worried about Anakin. What if we tricked him into having a Padawan? <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love that idea. It's like, you know... Anakin has sort of like this this deep we and we see it in, in Revenge of the Sith and later on in the series he has a deep distrust for the Jedi and this series does such a great job at showing where that distrust comes from whether it's the framing of Ahsoka uh, not letting him in on the pl- the plan to quote unquote kill Obi Wan and you know even this even this whole thing of like we're going to trick you into having a Padawan mm-hmm. um, you know there's a little bit you know there's something a little bit um, Disingenuous about it from the from the Jedi, and you could see how it would lead Anakin. You know, when he's thinking about it later, as as uh, he's being tempted by the dark side, and he's not sure if he can trust the Jedi, you can see how he would go. Ah, oh, man! All of these things that they did—like I didn't want a Padawan, then they forced one on me. I I um I really got to. I really liked it. It was a really positive experience, and then through their stupidity. They drove her away, and now I, I lost another thing I care about. And you know, it's all, you know, obviously, Anakin's fall is is, is his own damn fault for being greedy and selfish and and, and giving into fear and anger and hate. But you also see a real systematic failure on the part of the Jedi to actually, you know, actually help this guy. They they keep even when they even when they are helping him, they have to trick him. They have to be dishonest and disingenuous with him. And. I, you know, that they, they, there's many reasons why the Jedi, the Jedi Order fell and the way they treated Anakin, the systematic failure with Anakin is uh, definitely a big one.
1: Well, it makes him easier to manipulate, Mm -hmm. I think, from uh, Palpatine's perspective, does it not? Oh yeah, be- because because there are clear failures that can be pointed out, and like you say, the whole concept of Ahsoka becoming a Padawan for Anakin, uh, for Anakin, why why don't the Jedi just ask him or be direct and say, you know, what what are your feelings about having a Padawan? We think it could be beneficial for you. Instead, they have to go kind of create this whole collusion behind his back, yeah. and also they're testing anakin a a time when they're at war it's such a weird concept that seemingly only the jedi could get away with that it's like yeah by the way whilst you're fighting and ensuring that you know we save these systems and and you don't die here's another test for you (laughs) yeah it's like what it's just it is a bit baffling um but as we learned throughout the clone wars that the show itself there are a lot of decisions like you've just listed dominic a uh, the, the lot of decisions that the Jedi make, which do y- you start questioning, you know, we know they're the good guys, but you think, oh, why are you doing that? It's, well, yeah, it's, it's almost cringy watching.
2: You think about think about Anakin's journey and you think about that thing he says to Palpatine in Revenge of the Sith. He says, yeah, I know there are things about the force that they're not telling me. And you think about the journey that he goes on over the course of the Clone Wars, where he goes to places like Mortis. And he's introduced to this this whole other concept of, uh, you know, this sort of much grander vision of the Force than, you know, to quote Palpatine, the narrow, dogmatic view of the Jedi. Um, he, he he sees that and he knows that this world is out there, but nobody's, nobody's offering it to him. And then the way they treated him, especially with, like, you know, not letting him in on the Obi-Wan thing, you can see how he would think, oh, wow, they... They don't trust me. And maybe if they trusted me, they would let me explore these other, um, these other force, uh, force uh, abilities and, and that sort of thing. Uh, if they, if they really trusted me, but they, but and, 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 you know, that also comes from Anakin's fear of being, of, of having his relationship with Padme discovered. Like if, if, you know if, if Anakin and Obi-Wan could have been honest with each other and had a real conversation about their relationships like Anakin and Padme and Obi-Wan and Satine, if they could have had a real conversation and if Obi-Wan could have actually helped Anakin um and you know i i think i think Obi-Wan you know this is this is just sort of what if speculation about Revenge of the Sith but i i think if Anakin had gone to Obi-Wan he might have Obi Wan might have. I think there's enough of Qui Gon's rebellious spirit in Obi Wan that he would have helped his friend rather than turn him over to the Jedi. But Anakin got so paranoid about ever trusting the Jedi, and his, he, that he couldn't reveal it mm. even to his best his 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 biggest secret even to his best friend.
1: But also, you know, Obi Wan had left; hadn't he to go to Utapau? So that was the time for Sidious to make his move as well, because. He couldn't, he didn't, even if he, even if he thought about it, he couldn't turn to Obi-Wan at that point because he was busy dealing with Grievous.
2: Yeah, that, that, again, uh, th- that's sort of Palpatine's genius is he waits for the moment to strike and, and, you yeah. know, that's, that's, a you great, know, if
1: the force is telling Palpatine at that moment to act probably.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and, and, yeah. and, and, and
2: I think Palpatine knows that the one person who could possibly get through to Anakin would have been Obi-Wan.
1: Mm-hmm. That's why he tried to have him be killed at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's trying to get it, get him out of the picture. He needs to separate Anakin from Obi Wan in order to really make his move. As also, I just have to say, love r four zapping Jawas. Just <laughs> have to remember, yes. remember that we are talking about the Clone Wars movie. Um, but no, I, I think this is a, a, a interesting conversation that's sort of spun out of it. Uh, is uh, Palpatine knows he has to separate Anakin from Obi Wan, so that's why. You know, once Obi Wan leaves, he's able to, um, he's able to, to to. Oh man, I've just I lost lost the lost the word I was looking for, but he that's when he makes his move is once Obi Wan is away, and like you said, mm-hmm. he's why he tries to have him killed at uh, at the beginning, like have him have Anakin leave him behind, mm-hmm. and then he specifically references Obi Wan when he's like every single Jedi including your friend obi-wan kenobi is now an enemy of the republic you know like he really he, yeah. he singles out obi-wan and he he makes uh anakin not trust obi-wan he, he really he, he makes it clear that that you can't go to your friend anymore he's not your friend anymore he never palpatine's trying to to tell anakin essentially he never was your friend i'm your friend yeah. i'm your only friend
1: even though i look deformed and very very villainous but i am your friend i'm your friend i've always been your friend yeah um but i'll tell you what we'll quickly go back to the clone wars movie now but i think this this feels like doesn't it we're talking about how the uh moment with anakin and ahsoka on Christophsis felt like the end of that episode this feels like the beginning of a new adventure now doesn't it oh yeah uh we've had the sort of uh briefing uh, it, um, between Anakin, Ahsoka and the clones and, and the Republic ship and uh, and Obi-Wan go to Jabba. And now we've got another big action set piece to, to open up, really. Yeah. That's, that's the, the positive thing about this movie, actually, is that I felt it, it kept you entertained throughout. It yeah. was constant action, 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 I, I, even I, if you weren't a massive fan of the story.
2: Well, yeah, I think the first two sort of big action sequences, the, the Christophsis invasion and this here on Teth, I think are some of the are are some of the are the strongest some of the strongest elements of this movie. Like just this moment where they go out of the gunship where it's all quiet and then they step out into the chaos of war. Like that's you know that's not something we saw a ton of in in the series. I mean, there's not even any music in here. Um, no, and and you just you're sort of the chaos of war. You have the explosions. The you know it, it feels like something you would see in in more of a, a gritty realistic quote unquote war movie like. Um, you know, saving private Ryan or something rather than sort of the more mythic qualities that you expect from star Wars action, where there's lots of music and, 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 dra- and drama and, and intrigue it. This was just straight up like war is hell. And, and another sort of issue that maybe fo- some folks had with the movies is it does jump around in tone a lot, right? Like you get mm. that moment where uh, we just saw where ahsoka gets out of the gunship and it is it's this war movie and then next thing you know you have the battle droids and the battle droid <laughs> humor is something some people loved others hated um and th- that one droid's going like fire on sector one two three four five six or you know whatever and the droid's like one two three four like what like it's just such a Slapstick, um, you know, who's on first? Kind of, you know, Abbott yeah. and Costello. Uh, and low, they're looking for the binoculars,
1: yeah. and they're like, yeah. and "He jumps and falls over." It, falls down. it is a bit. It it. it it's, it's I know totally, what you mean with the tone. It's it
0: totally does shift inconsistent. A lot.
2: Yeah, and you know, there were some. There are some places where I think Battle Droid humor is awesome, and then there are other places where it. You know, you compare what the show became, and and again. What's great about this movie is that you really do get uh, a couple of moments where you really see what the show would eventually become. And you think about something like Umbara, where you have these intense action sequences and it is, you know, it's a little bit more apocalypse apocalypse now-esque. And there isn't a ton of sort of there's almost no there's almost no battle droid humor in there because the the story they're telling is so dramatic and, and this is a, a moment where early on the show's just still finding its feet. It doesn't know what it is yet. Is it that funny kids' show like um uh you know Lego Star Wars or is it more of a is it more like the films where the humor comes from the tension and you know Battle droid humor ah there's not a lot of tension there. You know, it's not it's not Han Solo trying to trying to figure out how to stay alive in the Death Star and having that conversation, you know, shooting the microphone because he can't think of or shooting the comlink because he can't think of anything else to say, you know, like the boring conversation. Anyway, look, we're going to have company like that's that all the humor there is born out of the tension of that scene because the characters don't know are, are just sort of reacting to the tension and they can't quite figure it out. Whereas battle droid humor is just sort of like, hey, let's tell some jokes just, if that makes any yeah. sense.
1: It does, and it doesn't quite fit in, really, with the with, with the tone of what Star Wars is all about. Uh, I think that's why some people sort of hated and loved and hated him at the same time, I guess, really. Um, yeah. You know what, it's quite... I'm sorry, I, I got a little bit absorbed into that whole action scene because <laughs> I didn't realise, actually, how... It, it feels like you're in a war zone there. There was that moment when you feel like the... Uh, uh, the Republic vehicle that Ahsoka's standing on is is going to fall off the yeah. cliff edge, and then it's a bit almost slow motion, and then it sort of goes back, and then you got Anakin coming down to rescue her, and like that's that's awesome. I <laughs> didn't, I sort of forgot how intense really that scene is. Oh yeah, the whole um, because the whole. people just sort of remember it for the little the battle droid humour at the start, yeah. but um, that's the sort of thing that, that that Clone Wars was, and that's what made it different to Rebels. I feel is is it did have that intensity. But like you said, I think it was trying to find its feet and I think it was perhaps a little bit tentative at this stage because it didn't want to get too dark because they pro- they wanted to appeal to kids really, I think, yeah. still with it being an animated series. But, you know, we're going in here, for example, like um, it's almost like going into the Geonosis caves with the clones getting their lights on in the darkness. It's... Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This movie's pretty cool.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and, and again, I think it's, it's if these episodes had just aired on television, like they were, like they were supposed to, I think some of these things wouldn't have felt, felt so jarring, so out of place because again, it's, it's the, it's the expectations that come with putting it in the theater that you have to think it's, it's figured itself out like force awakens, uh, you know, there's there's no there's no excuses for that, that like, oh, it's early. It has to be exactly, it had to be exactly what it is. It had to be fully formed. You, there was no, there wasn't a ton of room for sort of going, well, we're still figuring things out. It had to be figured out. Whereas this movie, they were still figuring things out. And I think there's a little bit more room on television because you are telling such a long form story to figure things out. And, and again, they, they, you know battle droid humor they i think they found as it as the show went on i think they found better ways of of incorporating it um and they found and they also found better ways of of uh, or and they also worked on the way that their ways of getting the uh the action uh done right you know uh but the uh, the, the vert- vertical battle that we just saw again that is such a cool such a cool visual of seeing those guys climb up the hill like that
1: we're going into the part now where uh, Anakin and Ahsoka are about to meet uh, Rotta. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, what what did you make of the plot, really? Because we talked a lot about the characters, so mm-hmm. or the big introduction of Ahsoka, but um and now we've moved on from Christ- Christosis. This is the plot of the movie, really, mm-hmm. is the kidnapping of Jabba's Jabba's son. Were you were you a, a big? I don't want to say supporter of it initially because you probably, as we said at the start, we thought it was going into Revenge of the Sith. But looking back now in hindsight, do, do you think it was a good plot really to focus on for the, for the movie?
2: Uh, for the movie? I don't know. It's, it's, it's one of those things because Jabba's such an iconic character that you really have to get him right. And, you know, it's, it's, it's it's always interesting with this movie to think, you know, if if this had been on TV, how would it have? How would the reaction of being to it? Um, so I, I kind of fall into the the category that I I like the the concept, I like the idea, and I, I but I also think I would have liked it better if it had a just. I, I think it would have been better received. I should say. I don't know if I can say I would have liked it better, but I think it would have been better received if it had have been on TV rather than in, in the theater. And also, now that Radha exists, I'm waiting for that follow-up to Return of the Jedi of what happened to the Hutt cartel afterwards, after Jabba fell, and I, I am fully in support of Radha taking it over.
1: <laughs> well, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? A nice little twist. Mm-hmm. And we see, so we see the development of Ahsoka when she was the young Padawan, and we see Rotta when he was just a baby, and then uh, and then becomes the crime lord. The biggest crime lord in the Outer Rim. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I, I, one quick thing about the movie, we just saw this where Obi Wan takes off and Dooku is just like standing there. Yeah, that's a little. <laughs> that's a uh, hmm. come on. Is that guys. a George
1: Lucas moment as well? Yeah, that, that's <laughs> one who of. Is, the... Who's been here this whole time?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's one of those things. That's sort of like, come on, Obi Wan should have somebody should have sensed somebody like.
1: Obi Wan should have been a
2: little bit more aware. It doesn't reflect reflect very well on Obi Wan that he just kind of just kind of missed that.
1: Well, this is also the thing with the with the Clone Wars. At times, that was part of the problem is we've just seen the opening battle at Christophsis with um, seeing the Jedi with you know jumping around, swinging the lightsabers, looking amazing, and no no one can beat them. And then, like you say. Obi Wan's just there, and he can't even sense Count Dooku's there. I mean, Remember, when in *Revenge of the Sith*, at the start of that film, it's like Count Dooku, and it was like, oh, like you know, it's not a massive surprise. He wasn't even that far. Well, he's probably further away in *Revenge of the Sith* at the top of that hangar than he was there <laughs> in the, on Tatooine. Yeah, he doesn't sense him. It is a bit balmy.
2: Yeah, it's it's not it's not a plot hole necessarily, but it is one of those things where in the larger like for the movie, and for the movie, they can't meet. Like for the movie, it doesn't make sense for them to have a showdown right then and there. But it is one of those things where they they kind of played a little bit fast and loose with the rules, uh, not even the rules, but just sort of the way we we think we know the force works. That's not how the force works. Um, to uh, to make it so that you could just sort of have that that moment where Obi Wan leaves and then Dooku arrives right away. It almost, you know, maybe. Hinds again. Hindsight being twenty twenty, and not to play armchair director here, but maybe they should have had it where Obi Wan flies into space, th- disappears into hyperspace, and then this, a second later, Duku appears out of hyperspace, like in his ship, something mm-hmm. like that. Maybe that would have well, been the way to do yeah. it. But you know, that's what? adding that's adding a bit of padding to the runtime and and that sort of thing. I, I I don't know. Maybe maybe they had their reasons for doing it the way they did, but
1: well, what, what, do, what do you think of the? Um whole sith plot though uh at the very least where they're essentially they kidnap kidnapped uh, jarba's son uh and now they're framing it on the jedi so mm. they can then deliver it deliver the heart back to jarba and then form an alliance with jarba it it does smell of exactly what the sith are all about doesn't it really which is just manipulation of of, of them Highest complexities as well, <laughs> you know that whole the whole Clone War the way that's engineered is is in so many complexities. But what would you make of the 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 whole Sith plot, really? Yeah, is it a strong point in this movie or not? I
2: I think it's a little I think it's a little convoluted. I I do think it's yeah. it's not the not the strongest aspect. Like I think the strongest part of this movie is that um that opening opening on Christophsis and everything sort of after that. I I mean, everything after that, with the exception of the battle of Teth, where they climb up the wall is a little, is where we kind of run into, you know, where where I find myself asking, was this the strongest story you could have done? Like, could you have not reworked the malevolence trilogy or something into, Mm. uh, into all this and and, you know done a lot of intercutting between the first episode of the malevolence trilogy and the chris christoph's stuff because i feel like that's a stronger a stronger arc overall
1: well this is this is the thing with the film is there are so many new concepts introduced and new characters i mean we haven't even got to one on on on, um coruscant yet with padme that (laughs) caused a bit of (laughs) of uh debate that's putting it mildly Mm. um but it, it, do you see what I mean? I felt like there was so much new stuff here for when you when you're targeting it towards a mainstream audience. And let's be let's be honest, Dominic. We at that point were a mainstream audience sure. because we weren't sitting watching TV shows. Not that there was loads of TV shows to watch, but reading loads of BU books or what have you. Mm-hmm. Yeah so we were we were i guess we were actually quite good people to talk about this film in that way because although we're experts now we weren't then and we found it very confusing so yeah. i imagine that a lot of the other mainstream audience found it confusing as well and that's partly why it didn't get as good a reception really as it could have done as, as you've rightly pointed out if it, if it was on the tv show
0: yeah
1: um,
2: i i wonder again i wonder like you know, if if maybe there was a feeling of well, we want to appeal to the original trilogy fans, so let's do this Jabba the Hut story because that's something that ties mm. in very, very directly with uh, with the original with the original trilogy. When maybe really they should have just you know gone all in on the prequel era and used the malevolent stuff and and had Grievous be more of the main villain in this than than Ventress and save Ventress to be introduced in the TV show.
1: Yeah, that was the other thing actually. The whole Ventress story was. Very weird in this film, um, it, 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 yeah. We were sort of like, "Where's Grievous?" Because he's in that opening shot. Yeah, he's there. New Gumray and all the Separatists, and you're like, "Ah, there we go." And see- then we don't we don't see Grievous until the Malevolence trilogy. Yeah. So you are right, really. There is a bit of a weird arc to sort of start. Well, two arcs to sort of throw yourself into. Um, I mean I don't I don't mind the whole Dooku aspect because no, no, no. well Dooku is a key player and yeah. also when you've got the talent of Christopher Lee then you've got to use him the other thing though we have Samuel L. Jackson as Mace Windu he was hardly used in this movie yeah um, that's another minor problem I had I was like I understand that these actors aren't going to be voicing the characters in a tv show well i didn't know there was a tv show at that point but when i did find that out it made it makes sense obviously they can't be voicing the characters in the tv show but you have that voice talent it just feels like you could have perhaps utilized it better but then again dominic like you said if they didn't know if it was going to be a movie maybe this was a late inclusion um i mean do you, do you think they asked you would have asked hayden Christensen and. Um, and you and McGregor, if they wanted to voice the characters, I don't know. I
2: really, I really don't. I, I, I it's it. On the one hand, it's sort of like with Anakin, Matt Lanter doesn't really doesn't sound like Hayden Christensen, so it, it might have been weird to have Hayden do, you know, essentially four episodes here at the beginning and then transitioned to to Matt. But you know, there's not too too much of a difference, especially here uh, between ewan's obi-wan and james arnold taylor's obi-wan mm. so i don't know it, it's it is weird that they just sort of brought those two in to do just this and not the actual series um but who knows maybe they just they just felt like they needed somebody they needed a couple of names from the from the from the movies to kind of go all right you guys um uh, you guys uh come on in and uh, or or sort of to promote the to promote it all mm.
1: Well, did you think it helped in the marketing at least? Do you think more people watch it because they saw actors that they knew?
2: Well, based on the box office, I'm going to say no. (laughs) 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 I'm going to say no. I don't think it really – I don't think it it helps one way or the other because
1: in a sense – That's a nice thing to know when you listen in the film and you're like, oh, I recognize that person.
2: Yeah, but it's also like – it is also a little bit weird to hear – those voice, like the actual voices coming out of the cartoon. Like when you get so used mm. to TC Carson and um, Corey Burton as those two characters, like it's almost a little bit weird to go back to the originals in, or the original voices in this form. Like when you watch the movie, obviously, Oh, it makes sense to have Christopher Lee's voice coming out of Christopher Lee's body or, and Sam Jackson's voice coming out of Sam Jackson's body. Whereas in this one, it's, a, it's just, a, they're just, it, it's like, it's the tiniest thing. And, and, and maybe if you, if you don't, if you're not really, um, if you're not looking for it, you wouldn't notice it. But uh, it is a little bit – It is a li- I, I, I noticed it. That's. Just, I guess that's what I'm getting at.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also this was at a time when the animation wasn't as strong as it was in the later seasons. And mm-hmm. I think it was a bit more noticeable. There was that whole uh, – common these look like wooden characters really you know when we get later on in the, in the seasons the quality of animation is, is, is far superior and whoever's voicing who you don't i don't think you notice it as much to uh-huh. be honest or it's a bit more in sync that's the other thing really um I, for, for what it was at the start the animation wasn't yeah, wasn't anim- bad, oh, yeah. I, th- I think the animation it was just different
2: yeah, and again if, if this had been on television I don't think anybody would have would have blinked at this animation quality. But because again you put it in theaters there's so much more of an expectation. And and I know we keep going back to that point that you know, t- you know, TV versus theaters, but if I I do think it's it's relevant to bring up because I do think the reception to Clone Wars on television and the reception to Clone Wars in the theater was so dramatically different. Mm-hmm. And you can't help but wonder how if, if the show might have started off on stronger footing, if people hadn't had a certain distaste in their mouths from, you know, some of the some of the, the issues that this movie runs into, like it's sort of weird um, you know, two story stories night. smashed together into one, and you know, and, and, and just um, yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty much it. And 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 some well, of it, and some thing, of its I mean, tonal it, different, some of its tonal issues as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're coming on to the, the, the scene now. Where Ventress is just going through the door to to try and fight Anakin and Ahsoka. I'm trying to look at this storyline now a bit more from the perspective of, of Anakin and Ahsoka. Now, bearing in mind that like you said dominic we've only just been introduced to ahsoka Mm -hmm. so this this is also a starting point to be looking at how their relationship is supposed to develop do you really think the hut story was beneficial for for really opening the future interaction between ahsoka and and anakin to sort of showcase to people look this is this is what the future is going to be like of ahsoka and anakin do you think it was the strongest storyline to try and develop a, a relationship between the two characters from it's yeah it's a it's uh, because i don't know because actually mm. the more i'm watching it now it's a bit you know some of the like we like that moment we saw on christoph's at the end of that i almost feel like we're we're regressing a little bit
2: yeah it it is one of those things where i think this does very much highlight the differences between the two of them and yeah and again i think if that moment between them where they, that sort of moment of exception had been at the, or, uh, had been at the end. Uh, it, it would have, been, it would have strengthened the the movie as a whole because here we're sort of seeing them and they're so different and they, you know, they're still kind of questioning each other and, and they're not really sure if they can work together like the whole. I wish,
1: wish they would do because I've only, just, oh, if, well, from what we've seen in the movie, they've only just met.
2: Of course, of course it, it makes, it makes sense. But, and and again <laughs> i keep coming back to this if this had been on tv um i think it would have been better received because it would have they would have been it would have been spaced out a little bit more we could have understood really where um where it was uh where it was all going where it was all what it was all building to because you wouldn't have it, it really just sort of hits you over and over again with it and with the um you know, the cutesy nicknames and, and, and all that, that that some people didn't really, didn't really dig.
1: Um, mm. the, th- the thing is with the Anakin and Ahsoka relationship at the start, it's, it's very difficult to know what would have been the right storyline to introduce them. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> really, really, would any storyline have, have, have not provoked a negative reaction to start with, uh, with the concept of Ahsoka being Anakin's Padawan? um if not at least you know i don't know what the personality would have been like do you know what i mean i don't really know what people were wanting to expect from the start yeah with ahsoka and anakin yeah Uh, like like you say here there are clear differences and and, and there should be because they're two different characters at the start
2: yeah and and, you know ahsoka really sort of grow grows over the course of this the story and in a way Ahsoka's story is 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 a tragic one. I mean, there's no. I mean, I said in a way, it's not in a way. It definitely is a tragic one because she starts off as this sort of like bright eyed uh, kid who's you know running through the war essentially with a smile on her face and making jokes. And over the course of the story, we see her getting getting d- drawn into the you know a much more cynical world. You know, the the beginning of Clone Wars is very. You know, it's very much it's 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 a kid show. It's very much about you know, it, it's very sort of uh, fun and light. And as it goes on, you start seeing storylines like the um, even I mean lights the the lightsaber lost the Riloth trilogy. Um, in season three, obviously the the finale duology with Chewbacca, where she's you know stranded on an island with these other Jedi kids, and one of them dies in her arms. Like it gets really dark. Her story goes to some really dark places, and you think about it in season in season three when we have the Mortis episodes, um, th- where they um, <laughs> uh, where Ahsoka sees that vision of her future self. Right? She, yeah. Um, she, ha- she has that vision and that the vision is kind of, you know, warning her that she is being led down a dark path. And she basically, again, she's really sort of an idealist in these early episodes. And when you get to season five, you know, everything that's happened to her since then, you know, she's become kind of, she- she's in a place where she can't go back to just pretending like those things hadn't happened, that the Jedi hadn't betrayed her. And, You know, it sounds from what we've heard about, you know, the Siege of Mandalore and how the series would have ended. It sounds like, you know, we would have gotten sort of a bit of a resolution between her and Anakin that was kind of happy and hope, hopeful. But then you hit Order 66 and everything goes to hell again. And, um, you know, she winds up being on the run, separated from Rex, separated from everybody she's ever known um, and winds up having to become kind of an agent of the Rebel Alliance. And then... I mean, she faces has to face Vader. And that's, you know, ultimately very tragic, even if she survives it through Dave Filoni trickery in season four of Star Wars Rebels. Uh, but there is kind of a her story is a really tragic one is what I'm getting at. And it had to start. You had to start with her in this um, really sort of happy go lucky little sis annoying little uh, sister, younger sibling kind of vibe for it to really, I think for it to have the extra punch because you see her in in sequences in this movie where she is kind of, you know, she's, you know, you're stuck with me sky guy and and that sort of thing. She's really uh, an optimist and an idealist. And, you know, she has basically, she has that beaten out of her by the end of season five.
1: Yeah. Well, I think in most people, it's also a reflection of the war, really. Isn't it? Oh, yeah. It? Just at the start, it is almost like, OK, there are stakes, but not massive, massive stakes. Cause we all think that Je- the Jedi are going to win. So it's only inevitable. But then as the war grows on, it keeps going and going and going and there doesn't seem to be an end in sight. Yeah. And that's when you start getting into more interesting storylines, when the Jedi are uh, almost uncovering this whole plot. Yeah, you know, when they are starting to recognize something's not right here, like with the Yoda arc, and they trace the whole uh, Syphodias aspect. That's when it becomes like, oh, you know, we're really getting into the heart of what's going on here because the war in itself is just a, a facade, really. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and and just, just being overseen overseen by a Sith Lord, mm-hmm. you know, like puppet master.
2: And and what happens to Ahsoka is really a, a function of of war stories in general. Like, it's hmm. it's very hard to keep your idealism and your optimism when you're surrounded by constant death and destruction yeah. and even even if if they can live with that to then be betrayed by the people who are supposedly on your side it just makes it even it makes it even uh even harder to deal with and that's where we wind up with ahsoka at the end of season five and and her where her story goes from there it's it's you know I, and and so I I think yeah you needed Ahsoka to kind of come in and and almost be a bit annoying in the beginning because mm. you know it it is um you know it, as as Star Wars fans we know how serious this is uh, you know we know how serious the the Clone Wars is from an in universe perspective right um <laughs> but but Star Wars has always had a fun has always been fun like it's it's not it's not a dark grim gritty war movie you know it 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 is very it's supposed to be very amusing and 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 it's got a silly side to it and and it's and and, and so you know at star wars fans we think about the clone wars as this you know hellish battle that ends with the destruction of the of the um of the jedi and the fall of the republic and we have to remember and and i think characters like anakin and and obi-wan and rex they kind of they have a sense that this is very serious but we also we also have to remember that they don't know where this winds up to them at this point to somebody just sort of being dropped into it they're thinking about it in a you know it's it's not it's they don't they don't know what we know if if that makes any sense
1: no they don't they don't and Yeah, like you say, you have to start it off from looking at it from the perspective of a new fan who's never seen Star Wars. You need to introduce them to something that's different, and most of the people who you'll be introducing this to will be from a younger generation. Yeah. So, like you say, it has to be a bit lighter in tone. I mean, just another example there was that brief uh, Sarge Ventress and Obi Wan duel, which is also quite funny, really, because in that moment, no, no,
2: she tries the old. Go ahead, go. No ahead.
1: way do you feel like Obi Wan's in any danger whatsoever there. He's just like, Oh look, now I'm impressed. Yeah, she she, <laughs> she tries rid of the, his lightsaber. <laughs> she
2: she tries the old distract him by throwing your clothes at him. <laughs> <trick>.
1: <laughs> I didn't re- I forgot that she sort of was like, Oh, she's sort of stripping here a little bit. I'm like, yeah. Oh
2: I remember I remember reading a uh, a review of this movie. I can't remember if it was before or after I saw it, but they were really like they were like, What's going on with this Ventress
1: character here? <laughs> Yeah, um, it was like—is there a bit of tension between her and Obi Wan? Where's, where's that come from? But yeah, uh, well, it's funny actually looking at it because we t- talked a lot about Ahsoka. Actually, we haven't really spoke about Ventress and knowing I mean, where her storyline goes as well. Uh, she becomes a very a big player, really, in the Clone Wars, doesn't she? In the yeah. TV show, at least. Oh yeah, I mean, you
2: think about the stories that that the show would go on to tell, and then you think about this story, and you're like. You know what when when people say you know I, I want to watch some of the Clone Wars, where should I start? You almost never hear somebody say with the movie you know yes. they they almost always say with this arc or with that arc because the the show you know, it, it it there's so much growth in the show and it's not a show that necessarily tells one story over the course of 22 episodes. Like it 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 really but the, the growth is a little bit more subtle. But, you know, it takes these these foundations that are laid in this movie and it does some really incredible things with them. And it takes mm-hmm. these really sort of in a lot of ways, cliched foundations that are are laid. Here And it takes the story in some unexpl- unexpected places and, and some of the joy in seeing things like the Ventress storyline is knowing that she started off as this pretty, um uh, pretty basic villain, just sort of villain of the week. You know, she has two two lightsabers. She fights Obi-Wan, but there's no way she's going to ever win. And if the show had just remained that for six seasons... Yeah, it wouldn't have been a great show, but they they took no. this character and they they made her in season three. They they really turned her story on its head and made it so much more compelling and turned her into one of the great Star Wars villains. Mm. And it's good to know actually. And, and, where not, she's even at and not even necessarily. Not even. Well, yeah, and not even. She's not even necessarily a villain by the end of the series. I mean, think about where she is in Dark Disciple. Like it's she's more of a more of an antihero. Hmm.
1: But the other interesting thing I find actually mm-hmm. is just even that brief scene at the start with with the villains and you've got Ventress kneeling and Dooku and Sidious and you just I just thought to myself then how within a click of her finger Sidious will just turn all that upside down. Um, yeah. when we get to season three. Um and we know that Sid, you know Sidious is the real person behind all of this. We don't actually see him uh, I don't think we see him again in a movie um but that 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 whole relationship between her and dooku as well is so fraught with you know you can't fail me again and it's it feels like it's always on edge for Mm -hmm. something to go wrong so for then ventress to sort of um for ventress to go out how she does with dooku it's just fascinating because in a weird way, her relationship with Count Dooku is very, very similar to Dooku's relationship with Darth Sidious,
0: mm-hmm.
1: in the sense that you know, Sidious as well. The way that Dooku is so uncaring about Ventress and is ready to let her go at any point—that's exactly what Sidious is like with Dooku. And yeah. when we get to season six, you know, he's force choking Dooku from <laughs> galaxies away. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, you know, they, they... that's what Ventress becomes. That's that's what Ventress is like to Dooku. Throughout seasons one to three. That's what Dooku becomes by the time we get to season five and six.
2: Yeah. I mean, the the whole the whole ideology of the Sith, you know, the, the rule of two. The idea is that, you know, the the master will will teach the apprentice everything the apprentice needs to know, and then the apprentice will um kill the master and, and take on that that rank, that title, and train another apprentice, and that's how they'll keep the the Sith lineage going. But Sidious and and in a lot of ways tries to subvert it i think uh in that he takes apprentices he takes an apprentice like dooku as basically a placeholder because i think he knows after after um attack of the after um phantom menace there we go that's the movie i was looking for uh after the phantom menace i think he knows Anakin, he wants Anakin to be his new apprentice, but he also knows he can't take this little kid in and and turn him into a Sith Lord yet. He he has to begin that, that long, his long game, but he, he can't, but he also can't wait for Anakin to grow up. For his other plans to come to fruition, so he needs somebody else to create the separatists to start the war. All those things that Maul would have done had he not been chopped in half, and that's why he goes out and he finds Dooku. I don't think, I don't think Sidious ever thought of Dooku as a real apprentice. I thought, I think he saw him sort of the way, the way he um, he sees probably the way Sidious sees Ventress. Honestly, like I think Dooku maybe saw Ventress as more of an apprentice, as somebody who he could potentially one day. Overthrow Sidious with, and then she would take on the Sith apprentice, and he would take on the Sith master, uh, r- those roles. Um, but I think, I, I think as far as um, Sidious is concerned, you know, he needs Duku for cer- certain purposes, but he uh, he can't. Uh, but he he's, he's expendable, and we see he's expendable because, yeah, I mean, who who gives Anakin the order to kill Duku in the end? It's Palpatine, right? So. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah, Duke has
1: always been expendable. It's just more when rather than if. Yeah, exactly. Um, but there's no doubt about it, you can tell towards the end of the war though, there's the strain in the in the relationship though as well. You know, if you look at remember at the end of Attack of the Clones, he's like calling him old friend and they almost feel like they're he's trying to make it seem like they're on equals. By the end of the war there's a clear distinction between who's Who's the, who's the dominant master and who's the one who sort of just, well, at, at, at that point you're sort of thinking, what purpose is Dooku serving now? Um, and, and like you said, Dominic, it's all about seeing how Anakin has progressed as uh, a warrior and as a, as a Jedi. And we had that, those, uh, that arc in season four, uh, the Reiko Hardin arc, uh-huh. where we have the scene on Naboo, Anakin and and Dooku have that fight, and that's the first time you really see uh, Anakin almost beat Dooku in a duel, and and perhaps Palpatine was thinking that could have been when Revenge of the Sith started. Yeah, um, so it, it's it's interesting. I feel like that Sidious can't just be there in his cloak watching what's going on. He has to put himself in that position to then see. It's, it's, a, it's, it's just a puppet master in action. And that's what you love about this show is that you see it, in, this, in this particular movie, like you say, it is quite convoluted to understand from the outset. But they managed to make complicated storylines uh, make sense later down the line, or at least um, it was complicated, but you could understand it. And there was payoff at the end. Yeah, I just don't know if in this storyline there was a major payoff. That's the other thing. I, did I really care that much about Jabba getting his son back? I know Jabba's an iconic character, but hmm, I don't know. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah,
2: it's, it's a storyline that,
1: hmm,
2: it's... It's nice to it's nice to have to have Jabba, and it's a good storyline in the sense of it, it, when you think about it in the larger picture of Star Wars, um, but there is sort of a a certain amount of just kind of you know we're basically watching the Jedi. Succeed largely succeed in, in, in spite of themselves, like it, like, or like, Dooku, Dooku is sort of there with Jabba, and no matter what happens, he's able to kind of spin it. And that's that's interesting to see just to watch them, uh, sort of spin, watch him sort of take whatever happens and try and make it uh, work it to his advantage. And I think that's kind of cool, but yeah, it, it is you know, you are going to rescue Jabba the Hut's son the whole concept of, of hyperspace lanes and, and that sort of thing. It's a, it's a very, it's a concept that I'm still not sure I fully understand. Like I understand that they're important that's and, and that there's something sort of crucial about them. And so in, in that sense, they're a, a fine MacGuffin. Um, but they're also, you know, when you think about star Wars MacGuffins, like the death star plans, you know, they're they're the thing that drives the story. We don't really ever see the payoff in the movie for them getting the hyperspace lanes. And we don't even really see the payoff in the show. It's just sort of something that you kind of hint at. And so the the whole Jabba's son thing is a, is a good idea. It's a good story. And it's kind of interesting to see the Jedi sacrificing their morals in the pursuit of an advantage in the war. I mean, these are all, these are all things that are are huge, uh, huge aspects of the, the Jedi's downfall and, and, why the Clone Wars ultimately ended them, but it does kind of make it, it the, I, I, you know, they return Jabba's son, son to him, and they get the hyperspace lanes. But I don't know if we really know what that means if we really understand the payoff of it. And so I, I think, again, I, I, I wonder if they had to use the Malevolence trilogy, and if we just compare how the Malevolence trilogy ends. They blew up the big weapon. We know what that means. We know what that is. And maybe, you know, maybe they were thinking ahead like, oh, we can't do another Star Wars movie where all the all all the ending is, is they blow up the big weapon. But at least it it makes sense. You know what it means. It, it, and they got better, I think, at that as the ser- series went on and making it clear what the larger stakes were or at at putting more emphasis on the personal story. Like, you know, we don't really know what the larger stakes of Umbara are, but we damn well understand what that means for Rex. Mm. And and what that arc was for Rex. That now he's questioning everything. Uh with Ryloth, like take the Ryloth trilogy, another example, we understand the uh we understand what it means to to liberate a planet, essentially. Like we understand that they these people were subjugated and that they've overthrown their their um the 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 tyrants the separatists and and now they are in essence free in a sense um and and so that that's a more understanding you know that's something that everybody can understand hyperspace lanes it's a strategic advantage which i think everybody can understand but it's still such a it's almost too niche a concept i think for for a movie like this and maybe if they had gone with liberating a planet or blowing up the big weapon that would have uh, it would have played a little bit better cuz i don't know if we fully i don't know if the stakes are ever fully explained as to why it's essential that they get jabba's son back you know it's a strategic advantage but you know, most people don't know the map of the of the galaxy,
1: yeah.
2: and again, also, again on television, that probably would have been fine. Yeah. In the theater, uh, I don't know.
1: No, not so much. No, I think I agree with you there. And it, it is the stakes, really, that I think lets this movie down. And I, I think they try to make it seem like there's a lot at stake here, but it just doesn't really feel like it. And you keep waiting and that's the that's the other thing I've noticed that I keep I, I feel like I keep waiting for the punch, something's going to knock my socks off, and I'm like, <gasps> oh my God, but never really get that, never really get that I don't think in this movie unfortunately again
2: again that's that's movie it's movie pacing versus t v pacing
1: where yeah.
2: t v pacing you wait for that big punch at the end of the season, essentially, you know you have a bunch mm. of smaller punches at the end of each episode, but that sort of Big thing is at the end of the season, and, and we kind of see that with you know Ryloth and then hostage crisis in season one, which are two very sort of like emphatic episodes, uh, like an ep- or episode arc and episode. Um, whereas here, you know, it's a it's a it's a series of smaller punches that that really make you sort of feel, or that 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 the story was worthwhile. And again, television would have worked.
1: Yeah. Animated. Well, here we go. Just going back to the uh, movie here. Mm-hmm. Maybe a bit of a, a lighter question to ask you. But what well, what do you think Dooku was doing that whole time in Jabba's Palace? I mean, <laughs> how long do you think he was there for? He's just hanging out,
2: watching the watching the show. Just kind of, you know, chilling.
1: <laughs> just... It was earlier in the, uh, uh, in the movie when he was speaking to Ventress and Holocram. He sort of, like, walked away from everybody. I was just like, what do you think he was doing, having a little chat about oh, – How's it going in Jabba's palace? Him know? and Jabba are so just chatting about sleep and a nice little drink of wine or something. I mean, I don't know, I don't know what he's been doing there.
2: Him and him and Jabba are just chatting about being evil. They're like, "How's being evil for you?" Oh, it's fine for me. How's being evil for you? Oh, it's doing all right.
1: Um, yeah, not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> not too bad. And then they just sit there, stand there, really awkwardly. And then Dooku says, "Oh, got some news.
0: Yeah. Here we
1: go." Yeah. Um, but we saw the the managars there, didn't we? I mean, they also just sort of popped out of nowhere. But I mean, that 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 was a quite nice touch in the movie. It's quite nice to have those links, uh, even if we didn't have Grievous. But um, yeah, yeah, oh for
2: sure. You know, it, it gives us a, a chance to to explore those some more. And that's that's the nice thing about this show is it it able it's able to take some of those concepts that were introduced in the prequels and and expand on them. And and we got to see more of like. Grievous and Dooku and and Magna Guards, while also introducing new characters and concepts like Asajj Ventress, the Night Sisters, Savajo Press, and Zero the Hut. Zero the Hut. Uh, what was your reaction when you first saw Zero, if you remember? Um, a bit
1: odd. Mm. I didn't really know. Oh, it was a bit jarring. I think it's because of. The fact that he spoke English and the accent was a bit odd—it didn't—it didn't bother me to the extent that I was like, "Oh, I've got to turn away now." Yeah,
2: see, it's for... a bit like, "Oh, it's
1: hard—it's hard to say because now I don't mind him that much, but at the time I probably was a bit complex." What, what about yourself? It, I think it was just it, more than
2: anything—it was the English. I think, like, just the fact that he's speaking—he's not speaking Hatties because we'd never really seen that but you know it, it i mean it makes sense that they you know especially for someone like him who who lives out on Coruscant where he's in sort of the center of galactic um activity you would think it would be impo- it, it would be important to him to be able to communicate with as many people and you know jabba jabba thrives on like you know if you're going to face him you're there to Face him. He 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 has a power base that allows him to just sort of be like, "Uh, we're going to use my translator droid here. (laughs) You know, you don't have to. I I don't have to bother learning your language. Whereas Zero, I think, to to run a successful nightclub on Coruscant and manipulate people the way he does, it's probably more important for him to be able to communicate with as many uh, species as possible.
1: I, well, I never knew if he was that intimidating. I don't know about you, Dominic, but at the start, I had the trouble just because of his voice.
2: Yeah, yeah, it, it was a little bit. Uh, it's, it's, it's different. It's different. But yeah. I also like that, that it is different, that it is weird. That, that Like, I like it when these movies go off in, in weird directions. Like, I, I like mm. it when they take things that we're, we're familiar with and they, they play with them just a little bit
1: that's true uh but the other thing that just quickly going back to zero i think mm-hmm. we, well padme's in the lift now with this <laughs> well not for long she won't be in the lift but um it's really actually looking at this at the movie for zero this is quite a high point isn't it really because it all goes downhill from here mm-hmm. yeah Do you know what i mean as a, as a character standpoint we didn't know it at the time but <laughs> He was living a great life in Coruscant, and then it all goes downhill. Well, and then it's
2: a very uh, we
1: know what's going to happen to him. So it's quite interesting looking at it from that side as well. Do you not think? Is as he hears now talking to Count Dooku.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a very um, George Lucas still Lucas idea. You know, it's a very Lucasian idea that you know he got greedy. He got he went, decided he wanted more power, and he sought. He, you know, he got selfish and he sought power, and he. To the point where he, you know, I mean, Radha is Jabba's son, but he's a baby. He's an innocent in all of this. You know, he, he may grow up to be an, an evil person or an evil, an evil hut, but he was at this point an innocent. And, you know, Zero risks his nephew. He risks this innocent and he, he makes a deal with Dooku and the, with, with the Sith and all that. And, and he, all of, all in an effort to grow his power and, you you know, through that he winds up losing everything. That's that's very very much a George idea. I mean, that's basically what happens to Anakin. Is he he gets selfish? He gets greedy. He wants more power. Um, all and 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 in doing so, he loses all of all the people he loves and cares for. Now, one, uh, one, one scene that we kind of we we just kind of skipped over that I want to go back to was, um anakin and ahsoka talking in the desert where ahsoka kind of tries to get a little bit out of anakin about his past and again it's a really great scene i I love i love the way you know she tries throwing a yoda quote at him to like get him to (laughs) get him to to speak up to 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 tell some tell her something about himself and he's like he has the line i believe it was master skywalker who said I don't want to talk about it, which is a pretty good, a pretty good line. But I, I always sort of wondered if that was setting up something that we would see Ahsoka slowly start to learn a little bit about Anakin's past. Are you surprised that that's something we never really, that that the show never really revisited?
1: Um, I am and I'm not. I mean, it's. You mean the, particularly the whole slave aspect well, to, to Anakin?
2: Not not just that, just his whole, just all of his sort of yeah. I mean the slave aspect, but just his upbringing in general that he had such a a unique up, up upbringing for a Jedi, like that his backstory was so yeah. Different. Well, uh, I mean we get a little bit of this the slave stuff in the season four arc, but it's, yeah, it's really um. It's not quite. I mean, cool. there's a little it's, bit
1: in a Mortis arc when his, yeah. his mother turns up in but, the form but uh, of,
2: but that's his. Uh, yeah, but I that's know. Just for it's him. not really
1: going into his past. Yeah. I understand that, and there is a unique upbringing. Again, it, uh, uh, would it, it? I don't think it would be in the movie because it was just, the movie was touching on far too much. Really, when you think about it, there are so many different characters, storylines going on. I mean, you got this whole Padme subplot that's just sort of
2: yeah, it really. In there. It really comes out of the blue.
1: <laughs> yeah, which is a bit – I understand it's partly a way to introduce Zero and – but you know, to then go into Anakin's past is a difficult one. I think it it, it hints at it, but it never – you are right. It never yeah, really fully did. Is I, that something that you would have liked to have seen?
2: Yeah, I I, I remember sort of thinking about it back – At the time and sort of wondering if if they would ever get into it. I mean, I didn't you know, I didn't think too, too hard about it back then. And it's not something I really considered until I was rewatching this to prepare for for this episode. But it does kind of seem like they're kind of setting up that maybe one day she'll find out some of some of his backstory. And that could potentially be a bonding thing for the two of them but it, it never quite, uh, but they never really address it again, except for that little bit in the, the slavers arc. And, and that's, it's a little bit, um, not quite glossed over in there, but you don't have that moment where Anakin and and Ahsoka sit down and Anakin sort of lays out his, his pain. And, 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 you know, Anakin doesn't really talk about that with, with anybody. He, he barely talks about it with Padme. Really, the only person he talks about it with, obviously, is Palpatine. And Palpatine uses it whoa well, him. He's talking him.
1: a little bit about here, Count Dooku, isn't he? About his uh, feelings towards this planet. Yeah. just interesting because you're highlighting about it now, feelings of pain and loss. But you are-
2: I lost you again.
1: I was just saying with uh, Count Dooku, in that particular scene he just, just now as he's fighting Anakin he talks about um Anakin's past briefly, about the pain and, and feelings he has towards this planet. Um but do we does Anakin ever really go back to Tatooine after this?
2: He doesn't. I I, I can't say he ever really does. He um
1: I mean Or at least you know you, you feel like we would remember if there was something big that happened, but I don't I don't really recall Anakin going back after this, which in itself, I guess is quite, you know, it it, is a big story that he's back at Tatooine really, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Yeah. That he goes back there this one time. And I always find it interesting. Like this is something the show does a couple of times is they have the, the Sith characters, the dark side characters, almost trying to tempt the light side characters to the dark side. Like Dooku does it here with, uh, with Anakin and, um, also by the way we have ahsoka in her ray cosplay here oh yeah look at that i just it struck me the other day when i was rewatching this like she's got the sort of the backpack and it's the cloth and it makes the the x it's a little bit it's very ray-esque um but uh you know dooku's kind of trying to tempt anakin like you know give into your anger give into your or, or, or he's just pointing out that anakin has these um these darker feelings towards this planet and he does that again in revenge of the sith to to an extent when they're having that sort of saber clash um and then maul does it to obi-wan you know he kind of suggests that hey you're tapping into the dark side here buddy you're you're um you're uh you're you're getting you're you're falling you're you're slipping
1: and I quite like that aspect to the jewels, though. Some people might find it a bit hokey, on, oh, you know, everyone's sort of talking. But it adds something because you can't. there's only so much action I can see of people like hitting each other with lightsabers. When you've got the, the the sort of discussion, it's because there's usually a backstory there, and there's a, a bit um, of history. Yeah. It builds the tension,
2: I oh, find. Oh, it certainly does. Like, I'm not saying it's a it's a bad uh, it's a bad concept. I'm all I'm pointing out is it's a little is, is is I just find it interesting, like from an in-universe perspective. Like, is Dooku hoping that he can tempt Anakin to the dark side? Is Maul hoping he can tempt Obi Wan, or is he just kind of taunting mm-hmm. him? Like, you know,
1: there's... well, you wonder how much Dooku really knows. A, a, a well, Dooku doesn't know as much about Sidious's plan as he thinks he does. Another example was in that scene with Zero, Padme, and uh, Dooku, how he's like, oh, it's Senator Amadala. He doesn't like, – because he doesn't know the relationship between Padme and Anakin, I don't think.
2: No, no, I don't think he does either. Um, I think he just which, – Because sees... which
1: I feel like if he does, uh-huh. if he did, he would be targeting her more. Yeah. Or I, or I, he, he would – do you know what I mean? And There was that scene in season four, I think, actually, when they're on Naboo, um, the whole grievous Anakin exchange and Sidious suggests to Dooku how he could trade Senator Amadala and, and Dooku's like how can you be sure that Anakin would agree to those terms and you mm-hmm. know Sidious is like I'm pretty sure sorry how Senator Amidala would agree to those terms and he's like I'm more, I'm more than sure that she will yeah because he knows the whole backstory oh yeah so that's the fascinating thing oh, yeah. um, again the relationship between Dooku and Sidious isn't as close as the Duke who would think it is.
2: Yeah, I, I I agree. Um, what um, I yeah, I, I'm just kind of wonder. Like, I, I bring that up mostly just because I I wonder, like, how much of it. Like, I think with, I I wonder if it's if is it an actual feeling of like I want to turn this person to the dark side, or if it's like, just kind of like they're mocking them almost. Like the mm-hmm. Jedi are supposed to have the moral high ground, and you know, there's. There's a uh, Dooku and and Maul and and they're like, no, you're you're we're the same. You're tapping into it, you know. Uh, you're we're tapping into these same emotions for this battle, and I I wonder if there's a an element to that. It's it's cool. Like I'm not I'm not um yeah I'm not criticizing it or anything. I'm just I just thought it was kind of
1: well, a lot of them do of Anakin though, and I think it's because we know what Anakin's going to become. He does yeah. have those dark side traits in him. Mm-hmm. yeah and i wonder um, if- whereas you know he doesn't when they're doing it with obi-wan it's not really the same because obi-wan doesn't have those i think i think they tried like darth Moore i think tried to test it out of obi-wan
0: mm-hmm.
1: but obi-wan never gave in whereas i think anakin i think they, it's almost like perhaps they can feel it they can feel the dark side traits um that are emanating from him, we I mean, look at what well, Anakin now is he's a threatening Jabba.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it's not a very jedi thing to do but, no. uh, <laughs> a, um it, 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 it's, it's fascinating um I, you wonder whether that is partly the reason just because of what who Anakin is
2: yeah yeah it, it does it makes you wonder it makes you wonder
1: even at this early stage he' he's, he's showing those um dark side traits. Good to see Ahsoka winning, though. Yeah. I thought it was, the other thing, good thing is is the obstacles that the two characters face sort of... Uh, they're the right sort of challenge, really, wasn't it? Anakin faced Dooku because Dooku's Do- Do- a little bit better than Anakin at this stage, and then Ahsoka had to deal with the Mana Guards because the Mana Guards are a little bit better than Ahsoka. Um, mm-hmm. It's almost like a ga- game <laughs> I well, feel like I was playing.
2: One thing one thing we haven't touched on, and this is something I think we talked about a lot when we did the, the original run of the show, is... Anakin fighting Dooku in between attack of the clones and revenge of the Sith. This was a uh. big, this was a big deal for a lot of people. A lot of people really took issue with it. And I mean, personally, it doesn't bother me like partially partially because you know, I, I don't necessarily, I, I, I don't always think about clone wars when I'm watching the films. And so I, I just sort of think, Oh yeah, he's, he's sort of done that. Um, but I, 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 I I also think that Anakin, you know, the Anakin we see, if you want like that connection between the Clone Wars and, and the, the films, the, the Clone Wars Anakin is much more of a trash talker. Like he gets into it a little bit more with uh, it, it, with Dooku and, you know, sort of saying things. And so saying my powers have doubled since we last met, uh, even if it was, you know, the duel in uh, season six, even if that was the final time they fought. You know, it's just it's just a little smack talk. That's very much in line, I think, with the Matt Lanter Anakin. It maybe doesn't line up perfectly with the Hayden Christensen Anakin, but it it does work in the context of of Clone also, Wars. The, I think the,
1: the war the war goes on for a long time. I mean, to, to what extent can we say that they never would have met again?
2: Well, Anakin Anakin never Anakin never meets Grievous, so there is That's that. That's true. There is that, that is true. But but again,
1: I, I think. But it also doesn't make for great viewing then if we know then that you know look look how many times obi-wan fights grievous yeah you know i'm not massively bothered about that no because we get to see a good duel and and it also adds a bit to the backstory doesn't it when we get to revenge of the stiff you can you've seen the whole past now you've seen what what uh what what it's been building up to Mm -hmm. i understand with dooku it's perhaps it's just it's only because of that line it's because of that
2: line yeah I, i if that line wasn't there i don't think anybody would think twice about it but it 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 is there, um, and 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 I don't know. It's just one of those Star Wars things, you know. Obi Wan doesn't remember R two, you know. It's uh, Obi Wan, um, you know. It's it's just sort of little things like that. Leia somehow remembers Padme. Like it's just there are these little inconsistencies within the Star Wars story, and you know, I it doesn't. I I've never been somebody who's super bothered by that sort of thing, and so having Dooku and Anakin fight. I think one, it, it's, you know, you get just sort of the cool action side of it. But also it does give us a little bit of a barometer and where Anakin is in terms of as a barometer. Is that the right term? I don't know. He uh, gives us like a, a a measurement of where Anakin is in the um, in the course of, uh, of 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 his journey between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, because he ultimately defeats dooku in revenge of the sith and this is kind of a way of showing his growth in a it may be a bit on the nose sort of way but it's it's there
1: it is and, there and we're, at the, we're at the end
2: we've made it to the end of the movie i know
0: <laughs>
1: i don't know how much we actually talked about the movie but i actually think it was better that we didn't speak that much because i don't know how much we would have had to say apart from briefly the end in there mm-hmm. that was the moment that i was a bit like yeah this isn't going into revenge of the sith <laughs>
2: well yeah i was What's going on here yeah when it ends I'm so, i remember when it ended i was sort of like wait what where where is this how does this connect to revenge of the sith what like i said there better be a sequel um <laughs> but uh, let's let's talk quickly during the credits one character we didn't touch much on in this is padme and i mean she she's she doesn't show up until the end really i guess what would have been the third episode of the Jabba's son gets kidnapped arc but just overall what do you think of of
1: of Padme in the movie uh she did what Padme does really sort of the senator facade almost I mean I understand that she works in politics but she's a but she's she's an action hero she's a heroine really isn't she and she gets involved in the action so it is quite nice seeing her in the movie um I I I it was just the whole because, because uh the plot of Padme's was so entwined with Zero. It was just a little bit bizarre, really, to to, to really under, to, to get to grips with it all.
0: Well, yeah.
1: Um, what I th- but it, 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 she, I don't think she did anything special. I didn't sit there thinking to myself, "Oh, Padme is was the star of the show here." <laughs> she played her part. I didn't have any issue with her there. Yeah. Um, But did she really add anything to the story? I, I I personally don't think she did. I don't think it was really her story. No, anyway.
2: it, it, it's not. It's not her story necessarily. But I what I what I quite what I appreciated about what they did is it was our first time seeing Padme kind of interacting with the galactic underworld. I thought that was pretty cool to see her engage with the huts and that sort of thing. You know, that's a character who you know she's she's in the world of politics and the the world of the underworld. Well, it's maybe not as far from politics as as we may think, and I think there's a little bit of I think it's kind of interesting that that she's the one that sort of gets draft, drafted into to doing that, and it was also nice to see her in action um, on her own for a bit after yes. you know the last time we we saw Padme you know chronologically in the story or in um, real real life at the time was. Um, revenge of the sith where she doesn't you know she's i mean she's pregnant all the way through that movie so yes. you know it would have been we're doing have, much action set yeah, pieces. She, she didn't get a ton of action so it was nice that it's nice to see her sort of get
1: yeah.
2: a proper Do action story
1: ever we would have got to a point in Clone wars where we would have stopped seeing her doing action set pieces because well, of pregnancy
2: it's it's funny they were one of the arcs they considered the end of the series was this arc where Padme basically try, went around to a bunch of different separatist planets and she tried to organize a peace treaty and she succeeded and she got to the point where it was going to be signed that the war was going to end and then Grievous kidnapped Palpatine mm-hmm. and it would have gone right into Revenge of the Sith and one of the reasons they ultimately decided they did that they weren't going to do this was because George brought up that it that would have been one of the one of the issues that, that she's you know she's got sort of these action scenes that it would have all these action scenes and you know she's pretty pretty pregnant by that point. Um, so uh, you know I, I wonder if they would have how they would have handled it on the on the show if they'd ever gotten to that point. But I, I you know, I, I one one um one regret maybe from Clone Wars is that we didn't get more Padme action stories, I mean, we get a few. But you don't see a ton of them all the way through the the entire run of the show, so I that, that that's maybe a bit of a regret that I, I wish um, you know maybe if if we get more than than the twelve episodes that are are promised at at this point maybe that's something they can they can explore further but. Yeah, you know, we'll we'll see, we'll see. But yeah, we've have reached the end. I'm I'm looking at my DVD now. We're <laughs> getting the getting the anti piracy warnings. So I oh, right. we'll, this is definitely the end. I think, I think we'll go ahead and turn that off. Um,
1: <laughs> but oh, it, but it was also captivated by that. Yeah, it
2: was also interesting to see just in the um in in the credits. Uh, there, you know, there's there's all these names that we would go on to be very familiar with that at directed the time. by Dave Well, directed by Dave Filoni, but just, you know, other names like Justin Ridge, who was, you know, showrunner on Rebels for a season. Uh, Athena Portillo, who's, you know, one of the key producers on, or, or is executive producer on, on Star Wars Resistance now, uh, mm-hmm. and, and will be executive producing Clone Wars as well. Like, all some of these names that just... You know, at the time, Jason Tucker, the editor, like just these names. That, at the time, they didn't mean anything to us. But now, when we look back, like there they all are: Henry Gilroy, Stephen Melching, yes. all all these people um, that we didn't uh, at the time when this came out, we didn't think anything of them. But now, now we know them. Now they're now they're huge staples in in Star Wars That's because
1: we were only mainstream Star Wars fans then. <laughs> well, yeah,
2: well, yeah, but I mean, nobody really knew. But them also the because
1: they've grown and and, and and with the work that they've done, the port the portfolio they have. it's just different, isn't it?
2: Yeah. It's, it's a different, uh, it's a different era. Um, but yeah, any, any, any other thoughts you want to bring up about Clone Wars movie?
1: I mean, watching it through, through there, just, I can see why looking back at it, it got, it got the negative reception It did. I I feel like when we were talking through it, it, this is why I love the whole discussions here is, is you start you start to realize that we hit the nail on the head really as as to why, at least this, my opinion, people may disagree, but I think mm-hmm. we've hit the nail on the head with why the movie didn't work. Um, and it, it, feel, like it feels it, like it, a little bit, maybe we've been bashing it a little bit, but you know, this was the starting point. So it was always going to be a difficult premise to start with because they were throwing in so many different concepts, but you've got to be bold and brave and and then to reap the rewards in the future Mm
2: -hmm. and and i think um i I think you know when we're saying it it didn't work it doesn't necessarily work as a movie but as as the beginning of the clone wars i think it you know it sets up it sets us up in this universe we understand who all these characters are as a tv pilot i think it works very well and for what and it laid the groundwork for what the show would become. And like you said, you have to, they have to start somewhere. They have to, you know, those, some of those moments that you get to later on, they, they wouldn't be as powerful if we hadn't, If we didn't know where they came from, you know, it's Ahsoka Mm -hmm. leaving like that's such a that's a great arc on its own that even if you don't really know the backstory, you can probably enjoy it. But when you know the backstory, you know, everything that her and Anakin have been through, where they started from, which you have to see the movie to see that, you know, when you see you watch that all the way through when you've watched all the way through from the movie to the conclusion of season five i mean it, it makes that that moment where she walks away all the more powerful and so even if even if it seemed like we were maybe you know i i do think i do think we wound up being a little bit more uh, we took a little bit more of a critical eye to this than we have in the past i, I do think it, it, that's more just from a, a standpoint of this was released in theaters it it, do, it did yeah. it, it did kind of and, and we were sort of trying to understand why the reaction to the movie yeah was so much harsher than the reaction to the well, show. Well, like
1: it, the purpose of this, we I, I, I don't believe anybody who's listening, um, and ourselves included, we're going to drastically change our opinions of the no. movie from watching <laughs> it again. I mean, we, we made the point of saying that a lot of people focus on the TV show. That's just a fact. And the movie did get a negative reception in the cinema. And I think, as you said, it's because, look... Solo's got a negative reception at the cinema. Um, I really enjoyed that film, but not everybody did. Um, Last Jedi as well. but It's because it's a movie. When you've got a movie, you've got high stakes. Even Rebels as a TV show, there were times when we'd be critical about it, Mm -hmm. um, but we still liked it as a whole. It's the same with The Clone Wars. It's a starting point, um, and it's never going to be easy, but again we were dissecting it as a movie and we can clearly, well, I think Dominic, you clearly noticed at the start how it didn't really work because of the fact they were um, bringing in two different story arcs that just didn't really fit together. It was clear they were trying to meld them into something. And and also it's because for the people who were making this movie, they weren't planning to make a movie. (laughs) It was planning to make a TV show that wound up the start of the TV show being a movie to, to try and get a, a a good, well, a wide interest from audiences and say, come and watch the TV show. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's what the purpose of the movie is. Do you not think Dominic is to make people aware of what this show is about, introduce them to the new characters and concepts uh, of the show, and then draw them into cartoon network. Yeah. I mean that, that,
2: that was the idea. <laughs> whether, whether or yeah. not it worked, um, <laughs> you know, yeah. we'll never
1: know um well it did to an extent because we wouldn't have, I, I don't know if i would have watched the show well maybe i would have watched the show I, anyway but it's yeah. like, but at least i knew it existed yeah, and you me have to go and research even though we thought at the start yeah, yeah, <laughs> that the, this was going to lead into revenge of the Sith*. <laughs> after we realized it didn't then we started doing a, a bit of research and finding out oh is this show on cartoon network and and i guess we gave it a second chance it's well a second chance that's to say that we didn't like the movie it's not to say we we disliked yeah, you know, I think, would, never would have carried on yeah I but think, we just were picking it perhaps a little bit as we're now 10 years older by the way as well so we weren't we're not 13 anymore so we can maybe pick it out a, a little bit more
0: yeah
2: and and you know when we're we're discussing this you know as as we're discussing the legacy of the show there is kind of that feeling of we gotta of, of look love looking at it you know looking at how the show started and and you know, not just, you know, there, there were some missteps along the way, and I think that's important to acknowledge as well. So, you know, you brought up Rebels. There's a, I think there's an interesting comparison, whereas I, I, I think, you know, Clone Wars, you know, it didn't put a, necessarily have the strongest start. But it got really good, and it had so much room to grow, and it grew and and became so so much more than anybody ever expected. Whereas Rebels got started really really strong with with Spark of Rebellion, and then it, it never quite uh, it, or it very rarely uh, ever reached those same heights again, in my opinion. And and I say that as somebody who very much enjoys Star Wars Rebels as well.
1: Um, but yeah, well, what about you? What 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 your sort of. sort of doing final impressions aren't we but having revisited the movie again i know know you if i'm correct in saying you've watched a movie recently Mm -hmm. before we did the show yeah so you've also had time to sort of digest it so i've only been just watching it with you now for the first time in a long time but but looking back at it what's your sort of reflection on the movie as a whole? I look
2: I I absolutely you know as a Clone Wars fan and and especially knowing where it goes I I really enjoy the movie there's a lot I really enjoy about it I love seeing where it all began and I and you know especially if I sort of think about it as four episodes rather than a theatrical Star Wars movie Perfect. I really really enjoy it um but as a, as I've sort of laid out a couple times in this episode is I think i think it would have been stronger as four individual episodes rather than a movie and that's sort of the way i will always sort of look at at this is there's a lot of good in here and i think if it had been presented in the format it was intended to be presented it would have been it would have been better for everybody i think Mm. or almost everybody you can't speak for everybody so I, I, i i quite like I, I I love the movie I love what what it does and I love where it all goes obviously and uh you know we wouldn't still be doing the show if if, if yeah. we didn't so you know it's it like like with all things it's it's got its moments and it's got its', its moments that aren't so great so
1: well um, can, can you quite believe have it i mean watched the movie there and as you say it is, it is a good movie we know we know it gets stronger but can you imagine? the sort of reaction now that we're getting from Clone Wars at a San Diego Comic-Con panel. Could you have imagined that after watching this movie 10 years ago?
2: (laughs) No, no, I, I, it's, um, yeah, when you think back to how the show was perceived after this beginning, it's, it's crazy to think where we went, where we wound up. It's crazy to think how beloved it's become.
1: And, in a way, it's unique. I mean, I, I still... T- I, I, I just don't... I can't really think of anything like this, really, where, uh, to be honest, the reaction was very, very negative at the start, mm-hmm. and yet it's gone the, completely the opposite way the longer it's gone on, and that's a testament to the quality of the show, the TV show, how it got better and better and better, mm-hmm. but I, as you say, if I, if I, I just don't think that we'll get this sort of similar reaction with, with Star Wars Rebels or solo you know there are only certain shows i mean yeah a a film like rogue one i think would stand the test of time to be honest Mm. when i think about it i think that's a that's a film that a lot of people think oh that was a really good film you know and and they'll go back and watch that in 10 years time but there are some that you think oh they is that really going to get better over time whereas the clone wars has certainly got better over time and although we pointed out weaknesses looking at this movie as a as a well looking at it from the perspective of audience sitting in a movie theater watching this thinking is this really a star wars movie that's that's the perplexing part isn't it but when you're watching it as you said as a tv show it's it's completely different and that's what it is that that is it when we the the big testament to this is if you look at it through the lenses of one aspect you get a completely different view of of what this is don't you if you look at it from the perspective of a movie, it doesn't work. If you look at it as a perspective of a TV show, now you get why it's like it is.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I also think and we there's... didn't know that
1: at the time, did we? Yeah. We were watching this the first time. We didn't know this was part of a TV show.
2: No. No. And 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 I don't think a lot of people did know that. And and I think maybe that also played into why there some of the reaction was what it was to this is that you know if if you're looking at it as a standalone yeah it's it's got some issues when you look at it as the pilot to a tv show as i said it it holds up a lot better um what there was one other thing i wanted to mention and and now i've
1: forgotten (laughs) amnesia yeah oh god it started already oh well oh well (laughs) this should be like if anakin forgot he had a padawan (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> and then never mentioned it again um yeah. but but um oh that's it i, is, I think you know there's also probably a, a lesson in um impatience patience here you know like people went on the journey with this show and it, it it got off to a rocky start with with this for sure but people went on the journey with it and wound up we wound up with not one but but two hugely iconic characters that i don't think many people would have guessed after just this uh this show and uh, you know the 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 love for the show has only grown in the past 10 years to the point where like like you said i mean we never would have imagined the reaction that it got uh at comic con when it was announced that it was coming back in in 2008 never well, would have
1: guessed the, it. the legacy of the film is not necessarily just a tv show that follows but if you're looking in at the movie itself. I mean just look at three characters that were properly introduced into this film that nobody really heard of. Um Captain Rex, Assage Ventress, and Ahsoka. Okay, you sort of heard of Ventress, but not massively. And those three are now some of the most popular characters in the whole u- in the whole Star Wars universe, are they not? Yeah. I I mean Or the uh, most uh, interesting uh, characters.
2: Ah, Ahsoka Ahsoka and Rex have huge, huge followings, especially uh, uh, Ventress too, to a certain extent. But they have huge, huge followings of, of, of dedicated fans, and, and I mean, you, you see it any Ahsoka pops up in anything. Just the the love that exists for that character, and and so you know, it, it, the legacy of of the the movie, I think, really is just part of the series to me. As far as when I think of when I think of the clone wars and I think of the clone wars movie, I just think, I think they're, they're one and the same essentially. And that's, it's just a part of, of the show's legacy and, and what, what wound up uh, being built from that.
1: The other interesting thing to look at perhaps is what would the reaction be if there was a clone wars movie next year?
2: <laughs> well, if it, if it was like how it, how it is in uh season five, I think, uh, or seasons five and six, or four, five and six. I think people would have been uh, would be pretty excited.
1: Um, They'd be pretty excited if yeah. instead of on the streaming site, they decided to go and air the four Siege of Mandalore episodes oh. on the big screen.
2: Oh, don't even don't even tempt me with that <laughs> with that vision. Oh, that would be so great! That would be so great. Imagine to see those those episodes if they are truly yeah. what we. I tell what you we what, that
1: that would get a better reception.
2: Yeah, I think i i think so too i think so too oh man ah uh, right i
1: yeah, you just and also you just brought um spoilers more back for solo so yeah. people wouldn't be surprised as to why he's in there yeah uh, give me get, let's get us in a disney marketing team i got it all wrong yeah <laughs> Oh, man,
2: I think uh, I think with that, <laughs> we will begin to wrap things up for this month here on the Clone Wars Strikes Back. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed our conversation, whether you watched along with us or whether you just listened to the podcast as if it were a like regular think podcast.
1: With our thoughts of thoughts of not steering too, too close to the movie, that it'll be a good listen. Yeah, even if you don't well- to watch the movie.
2: So. I think I think the best uh, the best commentaries especially when they're done by people who are not involved in the making of the movie um are the ones where people, you know, actually they aren't just describing what's on the screen, you know. It's more yeah. interesting than just sort of going, well, now we see this and now we see this. Well, if I just wanted yeah. that, I'd just watch the movie. Um so I you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, even We are the- not
1: experts in how it all works. You can't <laughs> sit there going Oh, and this part was very, very difficult when we were trying to get with the right shape. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly, exactly. And and even even when you get, um, you know, if if you pick up the Star Wars Rebels season four Blu-ray and you put on the Dave Filoni directors commentaries for some of those episodes, he's not what he's talking about. Doesn't always necessarily correlate with exactly what's going on on screen. But it's it's damn interesting so i, I you know i don't think i think the best commentaries they take what's on the screen as sort of the jumping off point to uh, a larger discussion about the stories and and that so
1: i like this i like how we're justifying we're our justifying. actions for people who are listening so we don't get rinsed in the comments
2: <laughs> exactly exactly justifying it um anyways i could like, like, talk about
1: the movie <laughs> yeah we did go off on a,
2: a long revenge of the sith tangent there so you know yeah, it's all, well. all good stuff. All this is good
1: between stuff. episode two and *Avenger: The Sith*, so we should. At least we weren't talking about *Return of the Jedi*. Then that would be a tangent.
2: Yeah, well, it's all Star Wars, so it's yeah, all well. it's all fair game, in my opinion. But you know, that's neither here nor there. Anyways, I hope everybody enjoyed that. Uh, we'll be back in September. Not quite sure what we have in store, what we'll what we'll be doing then, but we will be back then. We'll talk some more *Clone Wars*. Maybe we'll bring back the character discussions that we started before uh, we went on that. Two year break, uh, or maybe we'll have something else. Who knows? So uh, make sure you keep your eyes on uh, on your iTunes feed in September. Speaking of uh, places you can find the episode, don't forget, we talked about it off the top our new website, tcwstrikesback.com. And uh, if all goes according to plan, by the time you next sometime between now and the next episode, we'll also have a dedicated iTunes feed for. The Clone Wars Strikes Back. So you can, uh, if you want to subscribe to that to make sure you really never miss an episode, uh, you can you can you'll be able to do that. So we'll we'll um, keep you posted on that. So to to find out to hear about that to know where when uh, when to expect it, uh, you can uh, make sure you're following us on social media. But you just search for The Clone Wars Strikes Back on Facebook or follow us at TCW Strikes Back. On Twitter, you can follow me personally at Dominic J Twenty Five, and you can follow Kieran at C and Six. Uh, and once uh, once the the dedicated iTunes feed is up, you'll be able to uh, you'll be we'll we'll make sure to put it out in all those places so people can uh, subscribe if they want. In the but in the, you also make sure you subscribe to Star Wars Underworld. That's where the show has always been released and will continue to be released uh, until the end of time, probably. <laughs> Uh, so it's search for Star Wars Underworld on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe there. And you get this show. You get the weekly Star Wars Underworld podcast, which I do with my co-host Chris and Ben. Uh, and you'll also get our uh, Kanja casts and any other Star Wars related podcasts that we produce. You'll find them all there. Karen, thank you so much for doing this. If there's uh, any, any, anything else you want to promote, places people can find your work.
1: Uh, mainly for the local newspaper, the Lancashire Telegraph, but unfortunately, there's not really many Star Wars links. You gotta you um, gotta get
2: you gotta get on that. You gotta.
1: <laughs> I have. I need to. Uh, I need to get people into shape in East Lancashire. Yeah. And start uh, getting on the Star Wars train. But I mean, the thing is that now and then they'll have comic cons, but yeah. I think I can tell that we're starting to get into the horrible autumn season because all of the summer events are starting to come to a close really Mm. um it's gone really quick this summer i mean it's probably gone quicker for dominic than me but (laughs) with all his trips to comic-con but just feels like it's uh yeah it's just flown by Mm -hmm. but there you go so not not a massive amount unfortunately but other than the fact i've got two weeks off soon from work so get (laughs) in so you won't be watching you won't won't need to go on the lancashire telegraph website to see what i'm doing because i won't be (laughs) writing any stories for those two weeks uh but there you go uh but dominic you'll have far more to talk about related to star wars particularly yeah. with the star wars underworld
2: yeah like i said make sure you're checking that out our most recent episode features uh the guys from the tatooine Suns podcast they uh, joined us for the whole show we talked lots of clone wars as well as uh some stuff about the rumors about the live action show that should be pretty cool. Uh, so make sure you're, you're, you check that out. Again, Star Wars Underworld on iTunes and Google Play, or by going to Star Wars Underworld.com. Also on Star Wars Underworld.com, um, you'll find all the latest breaking Star Wars news about all things, including the Return of the Clone Wars, Episode 9, whatever's going on with the standalone films, books, comics, and so much more. Again, that's Star Wars Underworld.com. And again, I'll just plug our website again because we're excited about it. TCW Strikes Back. You can find all of our back episodes. Uh, in a really uh, convenient place Uh, and you can also find all the old episodes of the watchers of westeros as well which was our game of thrones podcast so uh check it out let us know what you think there's also a place uh on the on the website to sign up for a mailing list where we will uh will alert you by email uh when we have new episodes and who knows we may throw in some other fun stuff into that we're still working on uh on some ideas there so do that check out the website let us know what you think of it um you can also email us clone wars strikes back at gmail.com if you want to let us know your thoughts on anything related to star wars the clone wars or something said on the episode there's also again pr- just promoting the website you can go to tcw slash contact dash us there's a little contact us form uh and it will uh, send us send us uh, along the emails that you uh, you guys may or may not have uh about uh, all things uh, all things clone wars yeah, that's it. I think that's really it for the, for, uh, for this month. So we'll see it in September. Hope y'all enjoyed our commentary for the Clone Wars movie. Uh, thank y'all for listening and may the force be with you.
0: A wrap.